Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you done yet? We gotta start the show. Welcome back to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. It is October 24th. It is a big milestone. Today we celebrate the 200th episode of the podcast. Woo! Mark, all right, I want to bring you in right now. Happy 200th episode, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, this is a, a great day. Uh, I love talking hockey Bruins. I love talking Bruins. Look at me. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm, I'm stumbling <laughs> over my tongue. I love talking Bruins on a weekly basis with my friends. But to do it for this long has been really special. We've, we kicked this off in 2016 in January, and we've been pretty much going weekly since then. So it's been a lot of fun. So um, I do want to, uh, before we get going, because we do have a jam-packed show about this celebration episode, I do want to bring in and talk about our great show sponsor, BetOnline.ag. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. 
From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, betonline.ag gives you more options to wager than any place online and have been a staple in the gambling industry for over 20 years. You can get on their season opening bonuses today and start off by wagering on win, division, and championship futures. Head over to betonline.ag either on your PC or mobile device and take advantage of all the credit of all the great sign-up bonuses. And uh, please don't forget to use code CLNS50. That's CLNS50, folks. BetOnline.ag, your online wagering experts. So we do have a jam-packed show. We're minus one today. And um, I know. Uh, Matt Barry, uh, who's who's really done a fantastic job since joining uh, our trio, um, can't say enough about him. The feedback has been awesome. It wasn't that we were doing a terrible job. It's adding that other dynamic of another person really changed, changed it for the listeners. And they've certainly appreciated it. And we've certainly appreciated the feedback. But it is, um, you know, family comes first. And we're a family podcast. And if you need to go somewhere and do something family related, by all means, you need to do stuff like that, especially in this situation. So we do want to wish uh, everybody at the Black and Gold uh, Productions LLC Sports Media Company, including myself and Heather, want to say happy anniversary to Matt Barry and his lovely wife. And uh, hopefully they're having a great, great weekend where they're celebrating all weekend. So that's why he couldn't join us this weekend. So um, congrats, Matt. And, and uh, we miss you already, man. You've only been around for a couple weeks, but still, we miss you. So I uh, can't wait to get forward. look forward to getting back and having you on next weekend. Um, yeah, I know. Big things happening this weekend at Black and Gold. Happy anniversary. So um, we, as always, are going to take care of business. It does feel weird. Now, Matt, it's only been a couple weeks, but it's like now it's kind of weird. Now we're a duo again. But uh, throughout the show, we're going to um, celebrate our, the milestone of 200 episodes for the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. But as always, we will take care of business because that's what we do here because we will just scour if we need to to find some content to do the show but i would because it is the 200th uh episode i mean i'm not going to get wishy-washy i'll wait till the end for that but i would like to say i do have some presents for you for your 200th and i just want to show you one of them is you know what that is that's james river barbecue sauce your favorite thank you from george we got this i i originally wanted to make it into like a stanley cup but you know me i'm a slacker at the time you guys this is just one of yeah, it's not a lot of little presents, but I can't stand not showing you this anymore. So I'm going to hold this one up so you can see it. That's Mark, hilarious. This is like Mark. Yeah, some people um, That's like my crack. drugs. That's Mark my loves crack. James or It is. It is. I'm, I, I am officially your dealer. That's I'm just awesome. Saying, but I'm, oh, I'm going to have like to. I can't wait to sit here uh, talk to George again. That's going to be funny. I'm like, dude, what's up with that? I've only been talking to you about this since episode 188. <laughs> he started laughing. He's like, yeah, 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 I got it. Um, but I did think that maybe we could start the show with a little bit of like reflection. Uh, and I know you hate this kind of thing, Q&A and whatever else. But like I said, it's, it's not too personal. It's not like when I surprised you last summer and we did all those crazy questions of like, you know, who's the most obscure player you've ever liked. Um, but I did want to ask you, you know, when you started this, did you think you would ever, like, would you make it to, I know you probably hope to, but would you make it this far? 200 episodes, that's a lot of hours of recording, a lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of energy. What say you, sir? When I started it back in 2016 in January, um, it was it was, it was was like a six-month pro- uh, pro- process. I had to find somebody that was willing to go on with me. And it was just audio back then. We weren't doing the YouTube like we're doing right now with the, the uh, edition of a YouTube channel. Um, so 
I kind of, um, I, I went out and, and talked to Dark DeVecchio and we, the original co-host, and uh, we talked about it and we did it. We started doing it on Sundays. Just things didn't work out with the um, the audio. And um, it was unfortunate because it was, you know, Dark's a really good guy and knows his shit. And um, technology is, has always been biting my, myself in the ass throughout this whole process. So it was just like, that was the beginning of the speed bumps with the technology into the program. But, but then we brought on some other people, brought on Rob Tomlin, which was, he was just a fantastic addition. I really miss Rob. Uh, I don't talk to him much anymore because of probably what happened and blah, blah, blah. We're not going to get into that. Um, but then, you know, you came along and it was just a, you know, I wanted to keep it going and, um, yeah. And I wanted to keep going till a thousand episodes. Uh, this is something I really enjoy doing. It's a, it's uh it's not only like a job for me, but, or, you know, a business venture, but it's also a lot of fun to do this. The research that we do every week and we try to bring the knowledge. I mean, I know we're not the smartest hockey people out there, but we try to give you a, other listeners, just a, a different, you know, opinion, a, a fan's opinion, and not just a professional, well, you know, uh, corporate strings type of show. So we're kind of off the wall, and that we do our thing because we're best friends, and, and that's what we do. And with the addition to Matt, it's been even better. So, um, but two hundred is a freaking huge thing for me, and uh, it just it's a, it's a lot of work. Um, and not only is it uh, the couple hours that we sit here and and do this recording, but it's also the the countless hours of editing and. And um, and getting advertisers and blah 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 and fitting those into the slots and, and so on. So, but it it's just a it's a labor of love. I love what I do and and uh, I, I I won't give up till I'm dead. So, you people are stuck with me, unfortunately. Well, as a small well, I I just I was thinking I'm like, man, has he has he come a long way from when he was trying to dress me up as Cujo as street hockey? I'm just saying, um, I was not I was not Curtis Joseph, but he had it in his head that I was going to be Curtis Joseph on his street hockey when he needed me. It did not work out, but I did enjoy getting pelted a little bit with them all. Um, but I'm very proud of you, and I'm proud of everything that you've done and all the people who have come before me sitting over here across from you and now and just even your writers, every, I mean, you're just as someone, you know, we're friends, we've been friends forever. And just to see just your love of it. And that's, I think why people still keep coming back because you're right. It is a passionate fans perspective, but an informed passionate fan. You're not trying, you know, we have Elliot Friedman in them to be Elliot Friedman in them. You're here to be intelligent, but also just be a fan. You know, that's why we're allowed to be mad if someone doesn't get signed but or whatever. That's the type, you know. We're like at a high school track race, you know, we're the relay people, you know, you got Elliot Friedman that's leading the way. And when you come around the corner, Elliot's handing that to, uh, that baton off. That's basically what we're doing. But we're taking it. We're not taking it as in you know we're not you know doing anything illegal with moving information forward. We don't do that kind of stuff. But we take it to a personal level on our opinion about certain things, and then we we move it forward like that. So it's not like a clickbait site. We're not a clickbait company, but um, that's what we do. We, I mean, we get the information from the guys that grind, and those are the Elliot Friedman, those are the the Chris Johnsons, those are the Mackenzie's and, and the LeBrons and you know and everybody else so and we just run from there and you know people like what they read and they like what they're hearing so um it just makes us a kind of a staple in the in the in the Boston hockey talk and I appreciate that and that's what drives me to to keep this going until until I get thousands of people telling me we suck and blah 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 I'm not gonna stop I'm gonna feed oh, off of the, I'm gonna feed off of the the good feedback you know what I mean 
Yeah, well, I, and I personally like it. The more you hate me, I could care less, right? Like, if five people want to listen, cool, show up. We'll figure yeah. it out. They Look might who be I sure brought in the fourth line, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Talk about grinders. Um, do you have any memories of that very first show? Because I re-listened to it this morning just for oh, did you fun. Really? I, like, hmm. I did, and I was like, actually, for a guy, I know you always say you get tumble with your words and you get yourself... I'm sure, just as your friend, I'm sure that first show was very nerve-wracking for you. But listening to you, it was like you had been ready to do it your whole life. Like, lights, camera, action, and listening to you and Devecky. Like, you guys, it sounded like the show had already been on. Um, but do you remember that first show? I do remember it, but I also remember it being, like, I wasn't so relaxed. Because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a guy with anxiety, and I've had it my whole life. Um, I'm a goaltender, so I'm, I'm anxious about everything. Uh, crazy goaltender at that, but um, you know, it's just, it, I just, I, I do remember being very robotish, you know, coming off like I had to be very professional and so on to make it sound good. But after after so much time and and you know having the anxiety and so on, that's the thing about relax in situations when you're it's repetitive that you can go right into with a clear heartbeat and 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 try to do your very best. Back then, every episode for at least the first year was just like very, you know. <sighs> Just, just like a robot, and I, 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 I haven't listened to it because I don't like listening to myself speak at all. But uh, some, I'm on vacation this week, so sometime this I will check it out and just to, just to compare and see what's up. How was the quality yeah. back then? Not like it is today, um, huh? Well, like you said, the audio in the beginning was a little rough at points, but um, still the passion and the not having two knowledgeable guys sitting down talking about hockey like that that's been um a staple of this for and that's why i've been to 200 i think i'd like to bring up though because i did re-listen to it you know what your first topic was was the addition of matt boleski and jimmy hayes over the off season did it make them like a tougher team to play against when i heard matt boleski i legitimately laughed out loud and you know how i feel about jimmy hayes ironically we could sign one of these bad boys back on the team i was like didn't i just we just finished signing that yeah and you're like yeah it definitely made us a better team like oh, oh takes we could take that right there i'm just kidding yeah the funny but, uh, thing about first yeah the funny thing about that that topic was it was they were signed i believe i believe Valeski was the the high profile free agent in 2015 the summer so yeah, that first year was interesting to uh, to see, and and then you know the downward spiral from there. So, <laughs> like how they came in. You said something like, "Yeah, they were brought." I think that he went out and brought in players that they thought could play in Claude Julian's system. You mean players that Claude Julian is like, who? Why would you give me these players? Oh, and why don't you also get me John Michael Lyles and a few other people that I yes, will sit yes. on my floor because I don't want them on my team. Maybe if you trust Claude more, he'd trust those kids more because you keep handing them people like this. Just kidding. Nothing against Matt Bolesky, and I don't apologize for my dislike of Jimmy Hayes, but... This is Maria from Watertown, writer and podcaster at blackandgoldhockey.com. I wanted to take an opportunity to congratulate Black and Gold Hockey Podcast for recording its 200th episode. Congratulations, and I'm sure there'll be 200 more episodes in this podcast's future. 
Um, yeah. So, um, what is your favorite part though? What has been your favorite part? You do a lot of work, but what's your favorite part of doing this? I understand technology is the bane of your existence, but what's your favorite part? I think it's definitely just sitting here doing this. And I wish that somebody else was doing everything before and after what I do here. I wish that it was, it was just, um, you know, sit down in the studio like I am right now and, 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 you know, in front of the, all these mics and all this equipment and just talk and then get up and go to another, um, you know, area of an office and just write. But there's a lot more involved that I do. I do the editing. I do the video editing. I do the podcast editing and, and, and uploads. There's a lot of stuff that's going on. My favorite part is exactly just sitting here right here with people like you. Some guests that we have, some awesome guests that we've had in the past. Those are always my favorite ones, even though I get so nervous. And by the way, oh my God, did I drop the ball when I was on um, uh, Marina's Morning Skate with Mer Marina Maher. Um, oh, that was so bad. I was so nervous. I think you think it was worse than it was. Yeah, there was a lot. Of, we talked for we talked we talked for at least an hour, and she edited a lot, so it went down to like twenty seven minutes. So I knew that it was like, ooh, yeah, it was, it was not my best work, but I was nervous. I and believe you know, Marina is somebody that's younger than me, you know, and and believe it or not, I look up to her. I'm a forty four year old man, but I look up to somebody like that because of the grind that she put in to get where she's at right now. Not many people know, if you're smart enough and you're a longtime Bruins fan, you might remember her at weekendatbergies.com, the website. That's where Dave found her. Dave found her there and her gifts and all the freaking stuff that she was doing and then took her and plucked her and brought her right to New York. And now she's a really good Bruins writer, a fantastic podcaster that has unbelievable guests. And I was just blown away by... Uh, how many people recommended me to be on her program, like the Luchador, the, our friend the Luchador, you know, and, um, mm -hmm. and you know he's the one that said who, you know, she put out a tweet and said who should I have on, and he went out, you got to get this guy on, and then somebody else said that too. So when she reached out and DM'd me, she's like, I'd like to make some time to talk to you about some Bruins. I was completely overwhelmed. I got the meat sweats going on, you know, heart rates going up because this is somebody I absolutely respect and in the journalism field and, and podcasting and so on. So when it actually happened and then we started recording, everything just basically fell apart from there. I just, I was a fan. I fanned out. So I, I hope she I'm, has me back on because I would like to come back on and just, you know, for myself to say, I can do this and, 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 and bust it out and just get it done and be happy about it. So. Well, perhaps what we could do, and I, again, it, it happens, and I'm sure she doesn't hold it against you. People, you know, it's like a strange But it's barstool, you know, man. It's barstool. I understand that. That was intimidating, well, that that was intimidating in that, itself. That's my point, is that, like, it's a big, t you know, it's not, that'd be like, again, like, if we, I mean, Marie is awesome, and I'm, she's such a great person. She seems like, I mean, I don't know her personally, but that, I'm sure she doesn't hold it against you. Did nah. she, I mean, she didn't say to you, like, oh, wow, you are the worst nah. ever. She just said she understands. Time. She understood, and it was, yeah. all, she's like, no worries. So, yeah. but, you know, I even forgot to, I forgot to shout you out. I forgot to shout Matt out. I forgot to shout out <laughs> a lot of stuff that I had written down right beside me, but I, I was just so focused on, on the camera and the questions at hand that I just, I just, I don't know. I went in, in fumble zone. No, you get your, and I wasn't there to be like, you're fine. Yeah, you're exactly. Fine. You're fine. Holding my hand. 
<laughs> just no, I just know I've had some practice of talking you off the ledge before you go totally yeah. in that zone. You know, That's so true. I mean, but no, it true. wasn't that right. Hey, every crazy deal. every crazy Being... host to a show needs a uh, a much crazier freaking co- uh, uh, person to, to to talk off the ledge. How's that? Look, as someone who knows crazy, I'm just saying, <laughs> you're acting crazy. Um, no, but I'm sure. But still, big time. I mean, a big week. Black and gold, good, bad, or ugly. Barstool, Marina, again, great. Yeah. Like, lots of, she's very well respected within the Bruins sphere but and whatnot. Great segue, because I do, I'm, and I'm sorry to interrupt you. We do have a lot of stuff going on right now. So I'm just going to, like, bust out with some certain sayings and so on. But... I do want to mention the podcast network, blackandgoldhockey.com. We have a podcast network. We have nine shows now. I'm capping it off at 10. We'll go from there. If people want to, uh, if people want to do weekly programs and join the network, talk to me. Send me an email, blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com. Tell me what you want to do, this and that. We might get you on. But for right now, we're capping it off at 10. And I'm very proud to mention nine of them. Uh, we do have the Bruins Hockey Talk with Marina from Watertown. You know her, 98.5 WEEI. She calls in all the time for Bruins stuff. We have the Northern Lights Hockey Podcast. We have Bruins Jacked Up with Jack Godsell, my boy. We have Bruins Breakdown with Leon and Ryan. We have the Lindroff Hockey Podcast. Father and Son Team, guys. A really unique podcast that uh, goes new school, old school. Very cool. Check it out. Uh, we have the Black and Gold Prospect Podcast with myself. And Tim Richardson, can't wait to get back on board with him. We have the Dump and Change Boys, my buddies. These guys are absolute beauties. Uh, they're on the network too, proud to have them along. We have this Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Obviously, you see it everywhere. But number nine, number nine, number nine, number nine <laughs> is my friend. I've reserved these guys for a while. And um, it's my buddy, and he's uh, the Topsoft Hockey CEO and founder, Chris Mancuso. His producer, Justin Andre, we call him hashtag McLovin. He, these guys are bringing in the Weekend Wrap. So the Weekend Wrap is back. It was on a former program. It's been, it, uh, it's been a shit show there, but we're, I'm not going to get into it. But anyway, they are back. They're on the uh, Black and Gold Productions Sports Media Company p- Podcast Network. And we're very proud to have those guys as a part of the team. So, and they're coming up with their first episode tomorrow. We're recording this on Saturday, October 24th. They're coming up with their first episode on the network tomorrow, the 25th. So, uh, Justin and Mancuso are doing a fantastic job. And please follow them at cmancuso9797 and at McLovin for my buddy McLovin. So, I just wanted to mention that. And uh, also, shout out to all the writers blackandgoldhockey.com. You guys are the backbone of, of what we do and everything. So we have, a, we have a staff of almost 30 people. This is absolutely crazy. And when you said 200, I would never have thought we had past five writers. We have, uh, we have a staff of 30, and it's absolutely crazy. Hey, it's me, Mike Craddy. Just wanted to give a congratulations to Mark on the um, big milestone, 200 episodes, crazy stuff. Um, you know, I've been here in November. It'll be three and a half years. Uh, I've grown so much. I've seen the team go through a lot of change and develop in ways that, you know, are just, you can't help but getting excited about. And 
uh, for Mark and everybody else who's been involved. The hard work has paid off, and um, I can speak for everybody in saying Mark does so much and it works tirelessly to, you know, make his dreams a reality with this site. And it's just crazy to see how many things have changed over the years and the development. I can't be happier to have been a part of it and look forward to more in the future. Congrats, Mark. It's exciting, isn't it? It now is. It's so exciting. We're it, celebrating really... with a pink wit, and I'm I'm pumped. I got me a shipyard right now. I don't have any wet. I drank all of it last week. Sorry. Um, that it's it's very interesting because you're a very humble person. And um, but yes, much love to everyone. The writers who just churn, I mean, you guys churn it out. I spend half my day just retweeting it. Like I I'm not like the obviously social media is not really my thing thing. I kind of do it, not really, but I spend half my day just retweeting whatever. All right, good. Okay, new articles, great. I'll retweet that because I just want to draw attention. To That's it what we like, need. And you're you're a solid um, you're a solid team teammate over here at BNG. I wish some of our guys that write on a regular could retweet as much as you do. But anyway, <laughs> well, I don't really know how else to use social media besides retweeting currently. I know much. you're a newbie. I mean, sometimes I'm alpha. Um, but I mean, we've talked about, I don't want to embarrass you. I know you hate this kind of thing, but I just had one more question. That's a great segue. You are the segue King. I'm sorry, Rob. He has taken your title as the segue King. I have one more question for you. And then we can move on to the real business of the day. The Bruins talk is how do you imagine that the mothership, this black and gold hockey podcast and black and gold hockey.com, what do you think it will look like when we record episode 400? What do you think this black and gold productions, I mean, things are taking off. How do you imagine this bad boy is going to look like in another three years when we're doing episode 400? I honestly, I really hope that our hard work has, has already been seen by uh, the Bruins PR. They've been very, um, um, they've, they've worked with us in the past to get into certain events as media members. And I truly appreciate that. But uh, I really want to be by 400. I want to be credentialed as a as a as a media sports media company, and that's what I want. I want that for my personal experience, um, you know. Just and then after that, I want to get the better writers that we have on the team and the ones that are possibly going to be using um, what they're doing in in sports journalism as a, as a job to get that experience now. So when they do leave black and gold hockey productions and they go on to NBC Boston and Nesson and so on, they have that experience, but it's a nice little thing to say that they got it here. And, and that, that, that is just a warming feeling in my heart that I'm doing something right, but I'm also providing a good service for some kid that, that, you know, is an intern with me for two years and so on, you know? So that's the gratifying feeling about the whole thing. But, I yeah, I do. I mean, we, we do have uh, Providence Bruins credentials. We worked really hard with that. That was a, um, a, a four-year process of nonstop emails, just tell, showing them that you're, you want to be there and do the job, and you can do the job. And when they do their scouting services and they send you that email saying that you got in, it's a, it's a very gratifying feeling. But I also like to spread that around. We have people that go down to Providence on a regular basis. I do. Whenever somebody can't go, I plan ahead with my hotels at the at the Hilton right next door. So I kind of we work on a schedule. If somebody can be there, then they should get the experience. If somebody can't be there, I'll do the coverage. So it's been a lot of fun. You are very generous. All right, I lied. I have one more podcast. Who's been your favorite co-host since you started the Black and Gold Hockey Productions? You can be honest. You can be honest. <laughs> 
I'm yeah. Just, I'm just kidding. Listen, I'm going to say Heather because home. she's, even though we're pretty much like a half a town away, she can still get here in a matter of seconds. And she has my barbecue crack. <laughs> and I have the barbecue That's sauce. The, now you're going to use and that I as hostage. And I also have lots of secrets about you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, all right. Well, what do you think? Do you want, I think maybe this is a good time. Some people sent in some words about the yeah. milestone. Oh, yeah, maybe we could drop in. We, I do want to mention that throughout the week, we did receive some audio submissions of uh, uh, our Celebrating 200 from some great people. There's, there's hockey writers, there's guys that have been in, in the press box that is, uh, are there on a regular. So we, we have a bunch of people. So we're going to drop those uh, you know, without, throughout the show. So uh, in between uh, every topic or every two topics, we'll kind of mix them in there to kind of keep everybody listening and uh and hopefully the the people that participate and keep listening to the to the whole thing to hear their awesome words so uh heather you have the show where do you want to go do you want to go with our first one um yeah i thought that we could uh you know you can drop those in as you go but let's get to business because that's why people showed up it's been nice but i'm sure after having 20 minutes all about you and your accomplishments and the people who who have accomplished this with you, you're ready to move on and talk about uh, your boy, Zach Senishin. You want to bring in, I'm sure this made you happy when you saw this. Just like we said, 2015 is not going away that easy. Donnie will not give up. So want to talk about your boy, Zach Senishin? Yeah, I'm still a huge fan of Zach and, and where he's at in the Boston Bruins organization. I think that he's still going to provide uh, a value asset. Um, and it's, it's, it's a very minimum asset because you never know what's going to happen with him. So they're pretty much, you know, rolling the dice saying, Zach, this is your chance to make the team. And um, you accepted the qualified offer and they, you know, he accepted the deal. So now it's, it's make the NHL or you're pretty much going to be out of the organization. Because the fact is that once they come back to camp, if he doesn't make the NHL, he's got to go through the waiver process to be placed in Providence, if that's the idea. I don't believe a player like him will last on that waiver wire. So this is, um, I think it's a motivational thing for him. Not only that, but there's also uh, a crew of, of other players that are going to be fighting for that roster spot too. So it's, uh, it's pretty much a kick in the ass for him to, to really boost up his, his, um, his game and, uh, and learn everything that Jay Leach has brought into his head and bring it, bring it to the eyes of the scouting staff. I mean, I'm sorry, the, the coaching staff, uh, you know, that's preparing for a 2020-21 roster. I think he has a really good shot at it, and, and you know he he's guaranteed to have it. Whether he makes it or not, it's totally up to him. But um, the the deals on his uh, contract, he signed a one year two way deal on Wednesday, October twenty first, twenty twenty. It's worth a uh, seven hundred thousand dollars at the NHL level. If he makes it to Providence via waivers, which like I said, it won't happen, hundred thousand dollars. At the AHL level, so that's not a bad little deal for him. Um, so, I'm I'm happy. I think he can. I, it's hard to look at the roster right now and see who's going to fit in. Is if is he the type of player that's not going to knock off a Nick Ritchie? Possibly. Uh, is he the type of player that could knock off a um, um, uh, Andre Kasha? I don't think so. But he could also be that type of forward that hangs around too. That you know, Connor Clifton is the type of defenseman that uh, did pretty much the same. Played that uh, rotationary uh, defensive role that he didn't have to go down because he's going to be exposed. So, 
I don't know. I, I don't know where you put him and so on, but I just hope he makes a team and, and just like really gets a solid roster, um, a roster look and, and, you know, believe in him. If he makes two or three games that aren't freaking good up, you know, up to satisfaction, then don't just drop him and forget about him. Give some time and, uh, you know, get him involved. Hey everybody, this is Chris Blackie from the Big Bear Bruins Podcast, wishing Mark and everyone a hearty congratulations on episode 200. You guys um, put on a fantastic show. Your hard work doesn't go unnoticed by us fans. It's pretty much, in my opinion, one of your better Bruins podcasts out there. So keep up the good work, guys. Congrats to 200. Here's your 200 more, everyone. Congrats. I personally think that's kind of what this contract is because i mean just generally we keep talking about you got to figure out what's going on not everybody can be a winger not everyone can be a set you know what i mean and, um this to me was a sign that they expect that you should walk in there and take one of those roster spots like at this point you should walk in there and take one if you don't that gives us the opportunity you know, it's interesting to me it's only one more year. So this is definitely Seneshin's year where he either has to make this roster or, like you said, like Clifton, become kind of a permanent rotator if we need. We're going to have people out with injuries at the beginning of the season at least. It's going to be a short schedule. Uh, but they're not ready to give up on him yet, but this is definitely, I think, a sign that you, this is your year, Zach, to like really prove your worth, right, that – you should stay in the system that you are going to make the squad because if not, they're going to end up sending him through some kind of process and you know, whether that's via trade or whatever, you know, it would be a shame because I do think like once everything comes together, he is a good player for the Bruins style hockey. Uh, but I'm just glad that they're keeping him around at least one more year, but that could also have to do with like we talked about. I mean, options are kind of running out. I, I get there's a long time before the season would start and that's great, but there's still only so many players that can actively play in and on rosters in salary cap. So just like you always say, you know, it takes a cheap cap hit. What is the worst that happens? We don't really have quite enough going on for the forwards right now, based on how we're constructed, especially for the beginning of the year, if we're not going to have pasta and Marshawn, you know what I mean? So um, I think it's interesting too, because the Providence kids have been popping up, right? So maybe they're banking on Zach Seneshin once he gets up and he is playing with Bjork and them again, they, that will help him work out the rest of those kinks, right? To kind of read from his own peer group, like how to do it, what to do. So, I mean, I was happy with it. I wasn't upset. We said that they, we would probably expect him to get re-signed, right? Cause he yep. just gave Zaboro his contract. Actually, Chris Black, you dropped that okay. one. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, I, I have a feeling. I, have I know, a feeling. he's a psychic. I've yeah, seen it. Yeah. Carson Kuhlman, what say you about him? He signed a two-year deal worth a $1.45 million um, extension on Tuesday, October 20th, 2020. Kuhlman will earn 700000 Now, this is an interesting contract. He'll earn seven hundred k this coming season, which is very cap-friendly. Good on him to work with that. Uh, in the NHL in 2021, and uh, $100,000 in the AHL if he's placed there. But that moves to a $750,000 in year two, 
with him making the same amount of money in the AHL at seven fifty. So that's a little benefit for him and a little money, pocket money uh, for himself before he possibly moves on. I don't know if he's going to get another contract. He could get another contract with, with the roster thinning out a little bit, especially on the right wing, or depending on what they do with a player like Zach Seneshin. Um, but no, very cap-friendly deals. And I, and I, and I didn't want to say this uh, you know, in between this, the Seneshin and, and Coleman talk, but I think that these type of deals were so cap friendly and under a million dollars that it's more or less insurance policies. Because if they can't go out and they can't, you know, sign uh, Jake DeBrusque and they possibly lose him, or they bring in somebody and it doesn't work out, you know, plus the injuries that you mentioned earlier. So there's a lot of avenues that you can cover on these signings, and they're cap friendly. It's not a big deal to sign these players, you know. So. Uh, the sustainability that needs to be done at the NHL roster and the American Hockey League roster too. People need to stop forgetting that that just because that one person is signed and get frustrated about it, it's it it happens. These people need work too, you know. It doesn't matter what level they're working hard to to create a goal to stay in the NHL for further work. I got to be honest. When people get mad about like. I mean, especially like smaller signings like this that really don't mess up your cap that much and that, you know, give you a little bit of depth. I think, though, what people get upset about is, and I just generally, uh, and I'm not speaking for all Bruins fans, but you've been a Bruins fan your whole life, that sometimes it feels like we only are signing the cheapest con- for like the, you know, I'm not saying they're not valued players. You know, I like both of these players. But sometimes I think that the fan base just gets frustrated because we watch every other fan base get to like sometimes get a shiny new toy that's kind of splashy. And, you know, we I think sometimes as Bruins fans feel like we're always being screwed. We're being screwed out of players we like. We're being screwed out of like, you know, and why ever that is that people don't necessarily sign here, whether it's cap at times, whatever. The, uh, that's just what I think sometimes people get mad about. The messed up the cap. messed up thing about this whole thing when people get angry is like the order. Like, you'll you'll sign these two kids that have been in this, well, especially Seneshin. Let's just use Seneshin for a while. You signed him, and he's been in the organization for over five years, but you won't sign Chara. I, you know, it's like, what are you talking about? Chara's going to make more money than this kid. And it's only for one year. Relax. And Chara's got a plan. So, and it's not the freaking Bruins that are freaking sticking it to him. It's he's being patient with what's going to happen in the 2021 season. If there, it was gonna want, if there is going to be one. And that's the thing. It's not that the Bruins are holding out on him. So many people aggravate them. They're like, Don Sweeney's holding a contract back. No. Don Sweeney told him, listen, we can get a deal done when you're ready to decide what you want to do. Please use the internet to the best of your benefit. Don't just fire from the hip. Sorry. Well, I mean, Sweeney himself said that they're waiting for Chara to take a move. I'd like to, I have hope. I don't, I can't believe I still have hope after the whole Krug thing, but Chara technically could sign right now if he wanted anywhere he felt like. He could go back to Ottawa if he felt like it. Like, they could, use, you know what I mean, a few more veterans to help out all the talent that they've uh, been accruing over the last few weeks. But uh... 
Hey, Bruins fans, this is Chris Mancuso, the host of The Weekend Wrap, coming to the Black and Gold Hockey Network. And I just want to say, Mark, Heather, congratulations on making it to episode number 200. Uh, The Black and Gold Hockey Podcast is the best Bruins podcast in the game. And uh, here's to 200 more and 200 more after that, guys. Cheers. use another maybe Craig Smith higher not paid a lot more but like you know that especially if you aren't gonna sign to Bruss now again we don't know what his QA we don't know what's going on he could just be sniffing out to see what he gets he gets time to do that too but I kind of uh, think that I, I kind of think that they feel they feel real high on uh Kasha that's why they're not going after a player like Hoffman plus many other reasons too so money you've already you're already paying kasha yeah, right and exactly. mike hoffman's a good player but like but if you again, sign if you sign debrosk you have around seven million six 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 seven you know i've heard as high as 7.3 million in cap space actually right here um per puckpedia the bruins have 7.3 million in cap space and an active roster of 22 of 23 as of right now but be aware that you can go 10 percent over the cap during the off season, but you have to be cap compliant when the season does start, whenever that happens. <laughs> There's already a few teams that are over the cap right now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The problem is, is that right now it's dangerous to be over the cap because everyone is kissing the cap. Most teams, I shouldn't say that. Not all teams. Some teams have a bazillion dollars they can spend. They just don't because they in real life can't actually back up that money or whatever. Uh, but it's just interesting. I do feel like even if the season doesn't start until mid-January, that is still only about 10 weeks away. So this idea, there's this indefinite, like, you know what I mean? Now you're right. The season might not even start. It might not start till February. I think if it's not started by the time it would be normal trade dine, deadline, then you just got to call it a year, man. It sucks. And then maybe yeah. do a tournament instead, you know, just like a Stanley cup tournament, let all teams in bracket it, do it by lotto and make it like a world cup kind of craziness. So you still get your Stanley cup winner. But, um, yeah, we'll talk about I am, that. We'll talk about the timeline of the NHL later on. Oh yeah. Later. On. I just mean generally, I just, it still makes me a little nervous on our front end and I'm not a chicken little, the sky is falling. You know me. I'll be like, Meh, it's fine. We'll make the playoffs. Even if we definitely are not going to make the playoffs, I will not until we are mathematically eliminated, believe that we won't. There you go. Uh, but uh, that means there was one more player that you had mentioned that again, I forget about uh, because I don't particularly like this player. I wish we would move on from him. And um, I'm sorry, what is it? He's playing in the SHL, I think. Uh, but he's been playing pretty well over there, which to me does not translate. We jump in topics? Like, yuck. We jump in topics? No, no, Peter Solarik. Oh, okay. I just, yeah, I just wanted to mention him. You had brought him up before the show. I forgot about him. So I just wanted to kind of put him with Coleman. And this goes to, like, the depth and the whatever. So I just wanted your thoughts on Peter Solarik and his performance. And He's playing over in the SHL right now with Lexand uh, in the F, uh, IF club. Um, and he's doing very well. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. His numbers are good. I, I've seen a couple of his games. Um, he's got eight goals, six assists, 14 points in 11 games over there. 
He had 16 goals, 21 assists, 37 points in 48 games with Providence last season. So the biggest thing on him was is he's got an attitude problem. He thinks that he's got a little bit of entitlement to him, uh, saying before he left for uh, Europe hockey, uh, this was back in March, uh, possibly late February, when he mentioned that he doesn't get enough time or enough looks at the NHL, and Cassidy is possibly... Um, just doesn't want to fit him in the lineup or whatever. But he did have some um, some disgruntled uh, comments about that. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people that are watching and reporting on his, his progress, saying he's doing very well. Um, but it, it's it's also something that, you know, when you say something like that in the, in the Bruins organization, more or less you're not going to be around for a while, i.e. Uh, Alexander Kokolchev, i.e. Uh, Ryan Spooner, i.e. Frank Petrano, um, and the list goes on, and, and include Peter Solarik in this. So I think that they gave him the qualifying offer to keep him around. I know I think I mentioned this in a previous podcast when 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 uh, news came on about him going over that he would um, you know stick around. So he accepted the qualifying offer and went overseas to play. For me, that's just a trade ship. They're keeping him under his belt. He's a 25, 26 year old forward. So he'll be under the Bruins' radar on, on the uh, you know umbrella of property until he's 27. And so they have time, but you also have the rights to him to move him. And I believe, and I've seen it in reports several times, that uh, he's been in several trade scenarios, especially with Edmonton. Edmonton has a has a big um, has a big uh, bone with him because um, I think Shirelli picked him. And then he talked, he talked up a big game while he was there and trying to acquire him that it might have come down to the, to the scouts and, and management that you know, he, they might still be involved in that. But it's not going to be like a big freaking trade. It's probably going to be a leverage piece and so on. So I don't think he's going to come back. I think that the Bruins just have the rights over him. But once he said what he said in his parting ways out the door, I don't think he'll come back. So I don't get the hype. I get that he's doing good over in a league that's way lower, not way lower, but probably lower than the AHL. So you expect that. And he was doing really good in the American Hockey League too. But when he got to the NHL in his 40 games, and he still couldn't, you know, show management that he could stay or wanted to stay or where they fit because he was bouncing around the lineup that he had to go back down. And, and, and they put him through the waiver process. And, and, and last, last um, September... Before the season started, there was a lot of um, players that were being um, sent down, you know, for the for the for placement in the AHL, and a lot of them got picked up. So Solaric snuck right under the radar and went right to Providence. So I don't I don't see that happening. And there's no re no reentry waivers anymore. So don't hit me up with that one, smart people. I was going to say, or interestingly, he's probably not the shiniest person, people, when they're looking down at our pool of who they might want to pull from us, you know? He's getting over-jumped over in the depth. It, that's the way it is. I mean, if, the, if the, he was going to play more often, he'd be playing. But there's players right now that deserve the time over him, i.e. Frederick, i.e. Sadnika, and, you know, Seneshin. These guys are better players than him. Num it's not all about numbers. Don't even give me numbers saying that, oh, his 16, 21, 37 are way better than Zach Seneshin's nine points. Well, it's the way that games are played. And Seneshin's been put into different positions, bounced around the lineup. So Larrick's always been a one or two line for forward. 
because he's versatile. He plays the uh, the left and the right. Well, that's my biggest thing with Salak. Obviously, I don't not that I don't watch Providence, but I don't watch all the games like you do. But I'm what I do know is when I do. I do when I watch Peter Stellaric play, it is not, I mean, obviously this dude plays consistently at an AHL level. He's a great hockey player. He would not still at least be, you know, it actually does take a lot of effort to even stay in the AHL. Like, do you know what I mean? Like people don't understand, like you're still, you're, it's, it's not a second tier thing. It's just that there are only so many roster spots for, you know, whatever. But what I, I always see is when you are put in that position, wherever we put you, right or not me, but the coaches put you. And we've been watching him for a long time now. He cannot execute at the NHL level the way he does on the AHL level. True. And when it's one game, you're like, okay, it's understandable. It's a game. You're popping up. It's You're kind of in the mix, especially you pop in around February and everyone's pushing for the playoffs and all this like crazy. I get that. But you are a veteran now. You've played enough hockey that if you truly think that roster spot is deserved for you, You've had ample time and ample ways that you could prove that. So if he ended up at Edmonton, I'm just saying it's not going to hurt my feelings the way it would be if, like, we don't give DeBrusque at least two more years of trying to, you know what I mean, work it out. Like, give. It, ironically, he's found himself into a spot where people around his age, you know, I know Salark's maybe a little older than Jake DeBrusque, but, like, even the other 2015 draft kids, right, very few of them have consistently stayed up or started and just stayed up, right? right? And the ironic thing is that because they're successful, the successful people, quote unquote, right? Because we're not, I'm not saying Seneshin or Zavora, whoever isn't going to be successful. We don't know, right? I'm, they're still at a developmental place to me. But it's ironic that the, like he is actually has more value because he has been successful, even though maybe not as successful as we wanted him to be. Yep. It's the irony of like, you know, what if we end up not having Nebraska and then Seneshin is the one that ends up staying up? It, oh I mean, I imagine they all be would melt. Oh God, we're always melting down about something, aren't we? Like, geez, I'm like, they, we really are turning on each other because there's not enough Bruins things happening. It's just like fans out there eating each other uh, on that. Um, but another big thing that happened in the last week was Willie O'Ree turned 85. Yeah, so that's a big deal. It is Willie a very big deal. Anybody, does anybody not know who Willie O'Ree is? I mean, that'd be a little insane. He's the first uh, African-American NHL player, uh, played for the team called the Boston Bruins. Uh, it's interesting. But uh, I don't know. How, how do you – Mr. O'Ree, happy birthday. But um, he has a new book out, right, like an autobiography forwarded by Jerome McGinley. Can't go wrong there, right? Uh, I'm sure he was very honored to do that. But uh, do you have any um, – just, I don't know, reflection – I love Willie O'Ree. He's a very humble man and he's very spry, 85 year old. And he's done so much, I think, to try to really make hockey is for everyone, not just on a diversity level, but on a just an economic level or whatever. Like, you know, like uh, everybody, there should be no barriers for any kids for any reasons to be able to get on that ice if possible. So any thoughts on Mr. O'Ree as we celebrate having this national, well, not national for America because he's Canadian treasure, but uh, Mr. O'Ree. Yeah, happy birthday, Willie. And, uh, you know, it just continues to be that 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 person that just speaks so many levels of of how the game is uh, to be played and, and respected. And when, when you come when you when you consider color and the many different talents in the world, I think that, you know, he, he spreads the message message that everybody uh, deserves the right to play. And 
I completely agree with that. You know, I, I happen to know a lot of uh, colored folks, and, and they're great people, and some of them are absolutely great athletes, and they deserve this. So um, he's he paved the way for a lot of people uh, like um, like Aginla and and um, some some players of the past that I just can't figure out right now. But um, no, it's just really good. It's good for him to keep, you know, he's still alive and doing it and, and just still very humbled about about doing it. It just almost seems like he's everywhere and never t it takes time to take a rest to uh, spread that message. So good on Willie. Happy birthday and, and hopefully continued more. I mean, there's a reason why he's in the Hall of Fame and as a builder. And, and this is an exact example why. If you read the book or the, or the autobiography, I'm sure that, um, you know, Jerome McGinley will explain the, the things that he thought of when he was, when he was considering Willie and, and, and his placement into the NHL as well. So good things. Um, also, if Ebony, for a couple months now, there's been a petition going around trying to get Willie O'Ree's number retired by the NHL. Absolutely. Why would his number not be retired in the NHL? It's just confusing to me. Like I, like, I understand we retired Wayne Gretzky's number, and for good reason to agree upon that. But I would also think that Mr. O'Ree at this point, I mean, he has been impacting the NHL on some level for like 70 years now or 50 years now or whatever. I don't know, when early, mid-50s or whatever. I can't remember the exact date. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to disrespect you, Mr. O'Ree, but that's a long time. 60 I'm, years is a long time. I'm all for the retired number, but I'm not for taking it out of circulation. You know, give him the honor of, of 22. I think that was his number. Could be wrong. Yeah. Um, but, 20. you know, give him the honor of, of having that number and, and going down in history with it, but also don't take it out of circulation. See, I think there's enough numbers. Like, if you, it's not like they take hundreds of numbers out. I don't think everybody who goes in the Hall of Fame or something should have their number retired. Do you know what I mean? Like, as much as I love Ray Bork, it's, it's not that I don't think anybody should ever be able to wear 77 again. Do you know what I mean? Kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, but I do think that, especially a pioneer like this, that's a different kind of recognition and it wouldn't hurt my feelings. I mean, of course, you'd have to kind of look back to see. You know, would that impact any other Hall of Fame play? You know what I mean? Or whatever going forward. I mean, but, but um, that's uh, Willie O'Ree, but we just wanted to mention him. Um, so we got, what, about 10 minutes left? Yes. yes. Before we take a break. Uh, so let's uh, talk about Matt Grizzly. We talked about him last week. He just got his uh, new contract. Yay, Grizzly sticking around. We still have somebody on the left side to maybe buck up there and start moving it forward to the next uh future whatever the Bruins um but it's been a lot of talk this week about uh Grizzlick and him obviously what we're going to expect for him to take on more responsibility at the blue line uh and I know that you had we had had a few articles and stuff talking about it podcasts have been talking about it so um I just we we did talk about Grizz a lot last week but um given some of the interviews and stuff that have come out this week are there any new thoughts on Matt Grizz like do you think he's going to be able to handle taking on this responsibility He seems like he's he's ready for it he, he certainly does in the interview with uh, Eric Russo at bossofbruins.com um in the article on the website and on the uh uh the audio video um, and it seems like he's going to be heavily relied on to take on some big minutes um, that that Tory Krug was, you know, that once Tory Krug departed, there's an opening for that position. And, you know, and he seems to be that type of person that that type of player that has the speed 
uh, defensive prowess and so on. You know, it's it's good for him. He deserves it because he's been he's been grinding it out and so on. You know, and, and I was telling Marina from uh, uh, on the on the uh, Marina Skate Morning Skate podcast that you know his father was uh, really really worried about him losing his job on the Bruins because of the John Moore um, addition to the lineup. And I talked to him personally, Mr. Mr. Um, Mr. Grizzlick, the guy that works at the uh, with the Bull Gang and so on. I talked to him at uh, at training camp, and he just said that you know, he just I just said, how do you think your boy's gonna do? And he just said, you know, that that guy right there, and number twenty seven, is probably gonna take my boy's job. I, I wish I could have the conversation with with Mr. Grizzlick today and and hear what he has to say because I'm sure it's gonna be a different story because that's just the way that Matt has has just put his head down, listened to everything, and grinded away. And just has done anything that he's asked. He's deserved this contract. And I believe he deserves every opportunity moving forward to get those that, that trust from Bruce and defensive coaching staff moving forward to be more of a, um, you know, a, a top six. I would even say possibly a top line defenseman with uh, a, a player like Charlie. I mean, uh, Charlie McAvoy, yeah. I almost said Charlie Coyle, but anyway. But, you know, it's just... it's just Boing. Yeah, for me, it makes sense because of the speed factor. You're also probably going to use those guys on the power play. I'm not sure if we talked about this last week or a week prior, or I might have even mentioned it in a previous podcast elsewhere, that, you know, having two defensemen is not a bad idea with their speed and their shots. Grizzlies, Grizzlies got a nice little shot. McAvoy's got a shot. You put three forwards up there on the power play one, and if there's any any def, uh, defensive mistakes, the puck gets passed, something happens, somebody comes the other way, you have those two guys on the power play to have the speed to come back and possibly get that puck or disturb it or something like that. So um, it's going to be interesting on how the the the, uh, the six are, are going to be um, you know instituted into the next season. So I'm looking forward to it. I know. I'm interested in seeing what happens with it. I, I think that Matt Grizzlick is very interesting because unlike um, McAvoy and Carlo, who just were put straight in, like, you, we need you on defense, ready or not, here you come, right? <laughs> Whether you're as ready as we think you are or not. Grizz kind of found himself permanently up there kind of by accident, right? He came in as injury, and then we just had a lot of injuries, and then Matt Grizzlick was just kind of playing, and then next thing you knew – it was like Grizz is obviously one of the top six defensemen. I mean, and it wasn't, he had a very, where these other people have kind of been grinding and fighting for that spot. And he did too. He absolutely has worked his butt off from the time he's been on that. I, but it was just like, he kind of, before you even bl- realized it, he was in that, t- that six defensive court. Like, you know what I mean? Like he was in your bottom pair. He was, and it was like, once he was up after filling in for so many games, he kind of just never left. So he kind of done the work since then. He kind of took that, that the way, the path, I'm going to use the word path. He took the path a lot like Connor Clifton kind of picked the spot, the way to get in the lineup and where the Bruins placed him and then showed with 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 the increased uh, trust, showed him that he belonged. So I mean, that's the kind of work thing that I'm talking about. You know, the relationship, the character. It's not about all playing style. It's about how you are as a total pro. And I think that these guys have really shown that they're they're grinders and they want to work. And that these are why they're getting the opportunities. I'm not saying Tory Krug wasn't a guy that was grinding and wanted to work. It just came down to a, a money factor, in my opinion. And it just didn't work out in a cap-friendly world. 
My only thing is, I don't know if I want Grizz with Carlo or McAvoy. It's hard because I thought we'd have more defense than we have currently. So I, if you kind of think of Grizz as kind of, again, we talk about all the time, Tori Krug and Mac Grizzlick are two different players, but just for style, how they move the puck up ice, you know, kind of thing, seeing their crisp passes, whatever. It's like, would Carlo, as they have played together more often, you know, when injuries happen, would they, or I just think like him and McAvoy together, maybe not next year, but in the next year or two, like that would, that would be the defensive pair to beat in the NHL, you know? So it's like, do I kind of want them to just, all right, boys, you're the, you're the new top pair. Let's see what you got. Well, there's, <laughs> this, go there's kind of an argument going around uh, on Facebook. And, and actually this came from like the Don Sweeney. Uh, I think it was him. The Twitter account. The, he's he, that guy's so funny. But it was um, oh no, somebody wrote about it. Blackandgoldhockey.com, and I don't forget. I forget. Sorry, uh, but they wrote that the, their pairings would be McAvoy, Lauzon, Carlo, um, Grizzlick, and Zaboral, Clifton. And I just got the I got a little bit of Berwyn's Wood there when I saw that lineup. Because it allows the young guys to get into the into the group and show that they you know that they can stay and they're going to be valued pieces in the future instead of just being you know in there altogether. That's all obviously assuming that Chara doesn't come back. If Chara comes back, I could I could definitely see him on the left side pairing, uh, but give him third sheltered minutes. You know, don't go out and give him twenty five minutes anymore, man. I can't do this. I. Act- I have a hard time with Jeremy Lozon because of this. Not because I don't think he's a good defensive player. Not because I think that he's not ready to play in the NHL. I just don't think that... I don't think it's ever a good idea unless there's a player who is super, super, super ready to play on the high end of the defensive pairings. Just because those are the people who get matched up against the other top... You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a left-right shot. So sometimes I feel like that's the kind of thing that maybe would make, again, nothing against Lozon. He looks good. But again, watching him for 10 games is different than watching 82 games of it happening. Do you know what I mean? And if, say we did re-sign Chara, right? I actually feel like Lozon would be a good pair with Chara down on the third pair because he would benefit from the experience, right? And Chara's style of defense is much more of kind of a grinder, knock you down, shot blocking, as opposed to a Krug or a, a Grizzly yeah, kind of style. Yeah, more relaxed shutdown. Relaxed right. shutdown, so, you know. I would actually think Lozon might benefit from that more than being kind of, I mean, defense takes longer to develop. And I kind of feel like defensemen should move through kind of moving up in the pairings, to really learn all aspects of it in the different matchups, you know? So I'm not against that necessarily. Um, something's going to happen, right? Currently we're still like one forward and two defensemen short of a, no, I'm just kidding. What's going on with that? Okay. Um, I don't know what, should, what's the time we got there. Should we take a break now real quick or do we want to do one more? No, we got uh, 58. So why don't we take the break now and listen to the great folks at the store next door up in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia. Fantastic company doing fantastic things for awesome, awesome people. So uh, please go to the store next door.ca and buy some awesome stuff. We'll, hit, we'll be right back. 
There's a lot of people with disabilities that can't just go out and find a job. So we set out to create a business to fill those needs, one stick at a time. The Store Next Door gift shop is a Yarmouth-based manufacturer and retail outlet store. So we make great ideas that any of our employees come up with, and we reuse and recycle as much as possible. Our most popular item is probably our hockey furniture. We take broken hockey sticks and turn them into different products. We go through a lot of hockey sticks. A lot. A whole lot. Considering that it's only been a year and we're shipping internationally, I think that that's been a huge success. Most people's reactions are, wow, you do this here. We don't accept can't here. Everyone here learns in different ways, but we want to give everybody every opportunity to find exactly what works for them. There's nothing better than when a customer buys something and then one of our employees say, I made that. They have meaningful lives and build things they can be proud of and get a paycheck for it. I'm Amy Acker and we change lives one job at a time. Recording over here. You want, you want me to come in? I will. It's up to you. I can do it. It's up to you. It's your show, guy. Today. No, I'll, I'll just, just say I'm something like... about. I'll say something about the uh, store next door. Okay. Yeah, I just Matt's not here, so I'm just trying to help you be able to stay in the relax zone. You know what I mean? Yep. All right. Three, two, one. Hey, Bruins fans, we're back celebrating two hundred episodes. Thank you very much for sticking around. If you're still here, we're so excited. But that was a word from the store next door. Fantastic people up there in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia. Please go to the storenextdoor.ca and buy something. You're really helping out a great, great corporation up there that helps awesome, awesome people. So we're back. We're talking hockey, and uh, we're, we're celebrating. We have Pink Wits. We got we got Pumpkinhead beer going on. So yeah. Heather, you, you're, show, you're yeah. in charge now that uh, Matt's not here. Hopefully he's doing well. So uh, why don't you uh, bring us into the next topic? I love it how you say that. You're like, um, I don't want you to power trip because Matt will be back next week. But for now, I'll let you be. Yeah, take it kidding. easy, Beatrice. <laughs> Calm down, girl. Calm down. <laughs> I was letting you have all the power all the time. Um, okay, so Cassidy, uh, Bruce Cassidy, Coach Cassidy, um, Coach of the Year, Bruce Cassidy was on the Dropping the Gloves podcast. Uh just basically, though, we, we're more what we the topic really is, though, that the coach doesn't seem to be too worried, given I, I know the fandom. Right. This is your point. The fandom's melting down. But Coach Cassidy does not seem too concerned. Obviously, not that he doesn't want Zidane Chara to resign. But if the captain does not resign, Bruce Cassidy does not seem as anxious. Right. As we as a fan base seem to be with the current state of the team. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's completely fine. I mean. The way that 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 Bruce is is it took this and it was in, in an interview and it was actually said that but it was more or less they're reading the body language of, of the Zoom call saying that if he if if Char is gone off the team, they're prepared for to move on. It's not a fact is that we're moving on. Yes, we're moving on without a leader and somebody that we have been with for years. It's not just like we're kicking this guy to the curb. We're moving on with the young guys. It's just saying that he's preparing as a coach and he's doing his due diligence to prepare his team for that potential departure. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it's good. I think it's good that he just didn't sit there in that interview and just say, geez, I don't know what we're going to do. You know, I, I, I'm not sure. How do you replace a guy like that? It's like, what are we going to do? I mean, if you do that, I think what you're doing is you're setting in a, a bad example 
to a rabid fan base that fires at the hip all the freaking time. So if, if so, if you see a guy like Bruce Cassidy, who's the coach of the Boston Bruins, panicking, of course you're gonna panic. So no, Bruce is just saying that this is what they do. This is all in planning. It is a business. Not only is it a business to keep sponsorship going, to keep this team alive, and blah 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 blah, but it also team structure and the way things are done is a business. So if Chara leaves and he wants to go on with his life, then fine, that's awesome. But I'm with Bruce saying, I believe in these kids that if they have a roster spot available, they can come in and, and because they've been in the system, they know what's going on. They've been breeding for this moment, whether they do good or bad, give them a little time if they, if they do bad to, you know, kind of mend some wounds, but still have the trust in them. And I think that's what he does. And I think that's what he's trying to explain right here. Um. I think part of the reason, at least right now, although I do agree generally as Bruins fans, we melt down pretty much about everything. Everything will make us mad. If everything is not coming up roses and sunshine. I'll tell we, you, I'll tell you, I'm glad I didn't have Twitter back in friggin' 1990 or 1990 through 1990 or even 2000. After 2011. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Could you imagine what your Twitter post would have been? Remember, I don't want to bring up the bet again, but in 2008, the bet about whether oh, we Jesus. make it and thing. I'm not bringing up the bet itself, but I'm saying, can you imagine the tweets that would have been happening back then when you used to be the Barnes on fire all the time? You are so much better with that now. Like you can see, okay, like I'm not feeling comfortable with it right now, but there, there's a plan. There's something. Right. But could you imagine in 2008 the freaking tweet storm that would have no. been coming out of you? Like, oh my god, no. going down. No, um, I'll honor that bet, by the way, during the offseason. Yeah, well, yeah, so nobody can see. No, I'm just kidding. No, we'll put it on, we'll put it on this, uh, this platform. So I will wear, I will wear it for a whole episode on video and on audio. Would, would that shut you up after all these years? Look, after all these years, it's been 12 years. <laughs> yes. you got, oh, my God, you got, the, you got the year countdown, you psycho. As a matter of fact, I am would be so happy if you finally paid your debt. I might not even make you do straight up that. I may even let you pre-approved wear original six so you don't feel so dirty. What are you talking we'll about? Talk. Montreal. Yeah, I know. I'll order the hat on Fanatics right now. Okay, I was trying to give you a note to have a little Rangers on you, too, and maybe feel a little better about yourself. <laughs> well, no, it was because we made a bet about the Canadians. Yes, I do have to know. honor that, Miss, Miss, um, Miss. I won't go away after 12 years. <laughs> yeah, no, well, <laughs> Lannister always pays their debts, I'm just saying. Um, I, I think that's a little bit, I'm a little uncomfortable right now because it feels a little bit like those transition times um and because we're old enough to remember how we always were one player away and now we've been one player away for another you know a time or two now actually at this point that is what makes me nervous about the current state but if the coach see now of course you got to toe the party line but i'm like you i like to see what the body language is because what you're saying just like we knew probably with TK, he was gone because what you're saying and what your body language is doing is not lining up to the message. Right. Cassidy, it is good that the coach feels that at least to get through next year, right? Whatever that means or if it even means anything, right? But uh, it can be said, uh, I, I don't remember what it was from. I saw it on Twitter. Someone wrote an article or mentioned like, are we the next ones to put out the rebuild statement? Because 
none of us, I remember us very highly like, oh no, we're totally not rebuilding. We're just retooling. Why don't we have on to the rebuild fly. it? We're retooling on the fly. And now we look like we are rebuilding, which can be okay, but I think also is not what people signed up for quite yet. And um, be honest with us, if that's what we're doing, don't just like let us eat each other's faces off on social media as we speculate. Yeah, but you about. know the Bruins are going to be tight-lipped about everything. I know that's the worst thing. I wish we, we were this. I wish we were more fun as an organization, or more like. I'm not saying they owe us anything. We are the fans. We are not the business aspect of the organization. Any of that. But at the same time, knowing your fan base, Jesus Christ, at least something. Like, don't worry, I'm working it out. That would shut people up and like calm us down. Yeah, at least I'm fill out. Saying, at least have us fill out a survey, Don. Jesus. <laughs> not ten days of literally no friggin' movement. I thought Don. Don Sweeney was in a coma. I was starting to get concerned he was in an actual coma because he was doing so little and there was so no... When they had the press... The other, I was like, oh my God, they're alive. Like, I'm so happy to see you guys. Thank you. Like, at least now we don't have to replace our front office too, including, you know, in, in addition to our back end, I'm just saying. Um, but it does make me feel a little better that Cassidy doesn't feel so... As a coach, isn't feeling like, oh God, this is not what I signed a four-year extension for. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, right. Oh, good lord! Now I know what Claude Julian felt like there when I came up to be his assistant coach. He, he's right. When there was we so much to- pressure, he lost all his hair. Yeah. And a bucket <laughs> yes. of chicken. Ah, I love that picture. <laughs> I actually, I hope he's doing okay. By the way, I don't want to make yeah. fun of somebody that had heart problems. No. And also, I know deep down inside, although you didn't want him to be our coach anymore, you do respect Claude Julian as the coach he is. I do, obviously. Yeah. But the message got stale at the end. You can definitely tell that just people weren't listening. And it just, you know, and that's, that's unfortunately, that's a time of, of transition. So when, as much as Bruce Cassidy is loved around here, there's going to be times that his message is going to get stale too. So, and he's not going to last forever. Coaches don't last forever, not only in Boston, but in the NHL. You know, no. hockey players are very... I want to be politically correct, but stingy when they're, you know, the, the acceptance of, of knowledge. You're like, they're already, they're already at a level that they know pretty much everything about the game. It's just getting the fine-tuned information into their heads about how they should, uh, you know, adequately do a system is it, it, tough, especially after you've heard it for more than four or five years. Well, I think, too, some, I mean, that happens to everyone, right? It's not just... Oh, I get sick of my boss happens. all the time. It, well, and like you said, sometimes even the message gets sales, but sometimes it is just the personalities and the, you know, like no matter how stale it gets, there's certain players that'll be like, it doesn't matter. Coach is the coach. Do what the coach said. You know, like I think I said to you back in the day when it's starting to get ugly with Claude Julian, like that's great, but Claude Julian can't make that, like it's not his fault they're skating like shit. Right. Excuse my language, but like he can't, they're professional hockey players. Right. Even if, you don't like his defensive style. That is no excuse of why you're moving like goddamn snails out there and everyone's skating around you. Like that's on you. That's yeah, on you. Ultimately, when the players do something bad, it, it does reflect on on the coach. It, oh, it doesn't. Like you said, at is. some point that'll happen with Cassidy too and whatever. But I do think sometimes, and it's not just hockey plays. I think young people, right? Young people know everything. Somewhere between like. 15 and 25 you know everything nobody can tell you better even if you are someone who does like knowledge and you try to soak it up still when you're 22 you know 
fucking everything. No one knows anything. Your parents are stupid. Your parents' friends are stupid. Like your aunt's young. Like you could be making very responsible decisions, but also really stupid decisions, but you don't want to hear it because you still think you're invincible. Then you get to be like 25 and then you realize, oh man, like I haven't get my crap together. You know, maybe some of my behaviors could change and I could improve myself because I'm already awesome. But um, yeah, anyway, I don't know. I, it still doesn't not make me nervous in the grand scheme. Sorry, I don't want us to go off. We've been pretty good about staying on topic without Matt here to babysit us. Uh, but what up, what up? It's downtown Boosie from Dumpin' Change. From me and the fellas, J-Ma and air quotes, Stack Guy Lutz, we want to congratulate you guys on 200 episodes. That is a freaking hell of an achievement. So Mark, Heather, Matt, keep doing your thing because you guys are killing it. And we're so happy for you guys. Let's go 200 more, baby. Woo! We'll see. But that being said, there was the general manager's meeting virtual was like a two hour call or whatever yesterday at the GM meetings um, to talk about the upcoming maybe season of the NHL and other things associated with that. So um, Mark, I know you've got some good notes down on that and uh, to talk about the synopsis of the events. uh, It still seems to me we're still lacking a little, we're still very much in the planning details of what may or may not come forward, but. Yeah, Sportsnet's uh, Elliot Friedman wrote an article yesterday on uh, October 23rd, 2020. Uh, Still no uh, certainties on 2021 NHL season after GM call, as you said. Uh, But I just do, I want to paraphrase and and just kind of read about what he said on his quick blog. Uh, Quickly blog on Friday. Like every hockey fan on the planet, the, the league's general managers have been waiting for some Definitive details about the 2021 NHL season, along with Zidane Chara, everybody. Oh, can you believe it? He wants to wait to see how everything is going to be uh, landscaped. Um, however, there are still so many unknowns, border, recent COVID spikes uh, across North America, uh, that any certainties are way too premature. The league has reiterated a... Um, I, yeah, that was a bad word. Uh, that January 1st remains as its target date, but again, no guarantees. Um, uh, the questions about how many games the um, the NBA has come out and said that they have uh, tentatively started to um, get things in, in stone about a January, I'm sorry, December 22nd um, return to uh, play. Uh, this is going to be very interesting because all these leagues work together, as Elliot said in his um, in his blog and so on. But the uh, if that was to happen, they don't want to interfere with the the um, the Summer Olympics that are coming up in that TV time. So they're rarely on the ball. I mean, really on the uh, in the corner right now about scheduling. Obviously, we heard last week that they canceled the um, the All Star and. Um, the Winter Classic. We already knew that they were canceling uh, the one week by week that everybody gets throughout the league. So it sounds like they're going to start crunching some some uh, games, weeks, and days together to try to get this fit in before um, July, and then go right into next season without the following season without any issues. You start the beginning of October as of right now. We'd already be in the regular season. 
Well, that would be next season. So um, that's what they're saying right now. They, they're talking about either a 72-game or a 60-game schedule could work. 72 at the highest if you want to get done by uh, July. So that's still in the process. Um, you know, there's 82 games in a schedule. I'm not sure if it's going to really affect anybody, regardless of where the bubbles are going to be, if there's bubbles, period. So, I don't know. It's going to be interesting on going on. Uh, also, there was rumors about the uh, Lake Louise uh, outdoor game. That has been pretty much crushed because that is a um, protected national forest or, or area. And you're not allowed to have sponsored events in those types of areas. So, But the league still wants to think about doing something there. But it won't be so sponsored that it's going to um, impede on any games. So that's what I got out of that. And this is all Elliot Friedman or what he said uh, yesterday and today. So any information goes back to him. It's not my own. Just want to take a moment to give a big shout out to uh, Mark, Heather, and Matt at the BNG Pod, and congratulations on the 200th episode. Uh, also to all the the previous hosts. Uh, these guys bring what is great about fandom, the passion and the caring and, and just the community. They create a very welcoming community. They welcomed me as a contributor to the site. Uh, and I'm grateful for that and uh, for them helping me with my writing and helping me be a, a better part of Bruins fandom. So wish you well. Here's to 200 more. Yeah. So basically we still know a lot of nothing about nothing. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it this is something that we've been thinking about. I mean, a lot of people back in that we returned to play. We're gonna we're gonna kick off. We're gonna do all this. This is a week. This isn't even a month to month like thought. This is a day to day thought. Every day, these guys have some kind of conversation going on about how the the landscape of next season is gonna be with the second wave coming around and numbers spiking. So, uh, anybody that thought that it was ridiculous that 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 you know, we should even be doing this. I, I, I disagree, but you still have to do your due diligence to figure out, you know, if, if numbers come back and it's feasible to play, then you can have these games happen. But I don't see fans being involved. I see this like being a, a crippler to some organizations like, like the Boston Bruins, for instance. And as much as, as much as Jeremy Jacobs gets shit all the time, this is crippling his business. I mean, this is, this is, I don't know, as much as he did bad to Boston back in the day without getting um, to, to surround Ray Bork and Janney and Neely with, with, with guys that can win a cup all the time, it was about a business. And I get that, that that was kind of scummy and so on. But in a cap world, I have much more respect for the guy and the guy's losing his tail on, on a lot of things. So agree or disagree, but this is not good for any business in, in the world right now. This is... This is potentially, you know, not good for anybody. So I'm going to leave it at that. Well, I think anybody just generally, just for any pretense and purposes, thinks that anything is going to get back to... We will eventually look like we did last January, right? Like a lot has happened in the last 10 months to the world, to America, to Canada, to whatever. I would suspect the next season is probably going to end up looking very similar to what last season did around 60 games, 62 games, right? That's about everyone got about 60 games in or 70 games, whatever it is 
and then it got shut down, right? Maybe they may get 60 games instead of 70 games, but this year everyone will at least get the same amount of games, uh, you know, with if everything goes right. I would not suspect fans. I would think that the goal for fans, even as much as it affects the business aspect of everything, and like you said, and like Jeremy Jacobs, his whole entire business is concessions at – you know, a major part of his business is that many arenas they have stake in. They provide. Right. So I would bet, though, that if they can, they absolutely will have fans in there by the playoffs because they'll still be baseball and football to still be the guinea pigs of people being in the stands, see whatever. They'll take their cues from whatever the NBA decides to do too with fans. Obviously they're in a different situation because they have to play indoors. I mean, they can't build, I mean, they could build outdoor rinks, but can you imagine trying to maintain a rink outdoor in Calgary in the wintertime? I mean, that would just be a nightmare huh. all day long, you know? Um, but I do think if, I don't know if, I lean more towards instead of bubbles, leaning more towards maybe shaking up the divisions for one year and limited travel. Cause you can still expect your employees to mostly quarantine in their house. If, if there's still a big spike and stuff like that, you know, and you shouldn't be out in the general public. And I do think that you can still require each team goes from the hotel. If you're the visiting team in your own bus, that's been hosed down directly. You can protect the players, let them in. So even if they're around the staff personnel in the arena and the other, you know, the home team, you can still control their movements about from Boston to Buffalo, Buffalo to New York. That's just one of the things I think it'll probably look more like the bubbles don't seem feasible. That's one of the things we talked about last week, Heather was, was these, these regionalized or sectioned areas like, um, you know, the Boston Bruins to obviously play with anybody that's close to them. The Rangers, the Islanders, the Penguins, the Flyers, uh, Buffalo, blah, 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 blah. You know, you got, you, you know what I'm talking about. Um, so. Hi, it's Liz Rizzo, one of the writers for blackandgoldhockey.com. And I wanted to wish Mark and the B&G crew a huge congrats on reaching a very big milestone in recording their 200th episode on the uh, black and gold hockey podcast that's not a bad idea because it's close and and everything seems to be within some decent travel obviously they have the money to to rent private airways to keep them clean as well and everything just to get there so the other thing i found interesting was was reading more into that is now they're considering to have their um minor pro affiliates be in the area at the same time or be in the area of where their minor pro affiliates are, but close in proximity. So say that the the Bruins go to uh, Long Island to play the Islanders, that the AHL club would also follow and play uh, that night or possibly within 24 hours, um, uh, Bridgeport Sound Tigers in Bridgeport, Connecticut. And then mutually kind of, you know, gravitate to where the, the pro team is going. So if you need a player on emergency, they're not far away to get off of the bus, get out of the hotel and get right to where they need to go in that, in, in that like Northeastern type of, uh, of, uh, of landscape, you know, where, where they segregate everybody there. So that's really good to keep the AHL going because they need the, the sustainability of the NHL needs the AHL. And if the AHL can't get asses in the seats, then they need the the funds that the NHL uh, can can possibly give them 
and and possibly move around with them and, and be that farm team that that on the fly farm team if you if you follow what I mean. It almost seems to me like it would make sense to even again, like if we could just do one season that's just a hey, this is gonna try to help get us up to speed for the next the year after. You know, the AHL affiliate literally, so they currently play on the weekends, right? Yes. Why can't they? figure out how in tandem it's not like the AHL isn't attached to the NHL. You wouldn't need to. You wouldn't need oh, to. With no, with no asses in the seats, you're not relying on people's attendance on Friday, Saturday, well, and Sunday. This is what I was going to say to you is that if you, so if the Providence Bruins and the Boston Bruins are, we're going to New York this weekend, right? And we are playing the Islanders in New Jersey and the Rangers, right? So you, you could literally play in Utica, New York, Bridgeport, mm-hmm. and Hartford, Connecticut. Right. See how so close the, that is? On the NHL level, right? Why the frig do you... Nest- now, maybe this is where a mini bubble situation comes in, in the fact that why do you need to... If everyone's close enough, you maybe just play the same game in there. Like, so if no one's in the seats, what the hell does it matter if you open up the arena? So Bridgeport can play at Madison Square Garden, too, and whatever. And you kind of back it up and maybe make a tandem AHL-NHL game. That maybe, at least for TV viewership, might get people just still invested in moving along. I like it. No, Uh, I like where you're going. There's less places that you have to control that way. Do you know what I mean? That's less arenas. If you're going to designate the minor pro team to be in tandem with your NHL team it's associated with. You don't have to worry about the geography of, like, there. Now, again, the ECHL, we don't know what's going to happen that far down on the, like, Hawk, but AHL, NHL-wise, that actually seems like it would be better. And you don't have to put a full-on bubble because we talked about this even when they were in the bubble, right? It's going to be a hard-ass for cities to shut down their whole entire thing for three months, like, five months. Like, that's a long time. But maybe you could convince... Even if you decided to bring in, say, the Rangers and the Islanders are all going to play in Brooklyn, isolated, you know what I mean? And the Bruins are going to play the Rangers, and the Rangers are going to play Brooklyn, and Brooklyn, you know, I say Brooklyn, but you know what I mean, like the Islanders, like, you know, and I know there's been some horrible hockey games that had, but that might actually be a safer option and in a cheaper, more feasible option. And right now there are airline companies going out of business. If you could already have something in place to rent out airplanes, so even... I mean, maybe the company goes under, but buy your planes or whatever you need to do to ensure you can control the best you can. And you probably can pull it off, but we are probably not going to see bubble situations. That just seems too hard. Look at how hard it was for the two. And they did a great job. But to keep that up for 60 freaking games plus playoffs, now you're asking players to leave their families for six months instead of three. Like that just seems like that's going to be too much as opposed to everyone might buy into okay, for two weeks, these three teams are going to quarantine in this area or four teams are going to not quarantine, quarantine, but you know what I mean? Like be stuck together. We're only using these two rinks, like just something like that. I don't know. No, it's a good, that's very valid that I, I didn't even think about that. Like the AHL team could play the day either that morning and the NHL play it in the afternoon. I mean, if you could have six games, well, not six games, three games a day in the Toronto bubble in like the first, like, first and second round of this year's playoffs, you could have two games go on in the same arena. And, and I didn't even think about the, 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 the places. You're cutting down now two places that can get infected or be infected 
and you're only you're only relying on one. So no, I completely agree with that. And go with the um, the way the San San Jose Sharks operate right now. I'm not sure if they have an arena in there in their plans, but the AHL team plays uh, at the uh, San Jose when they're on the road. So their home games are at the at same arena. The NHL club just you know they just do the off balance. When they come home, they're on the road. When they go on the road, they're home. The Black and Gold Hockey Podcast has reached a fantastic milestone of 200 episodes, and I want to formally congratulate Mark Allred and the entire team at Black and Gold Hockey. It's been an amazing ride, and I really appreciate all the help that's been given throughout the entire process. You can follow me at Boston DiGiorgio on Twitter, and my name is Michael DiGiorgio. I hope everyone has a great day. And we keep the ball rolling with this amazing podcast and this uh, even better team. Thank you. Well, that's pretty much the like business business that we had to get done. Unless you have anything else on the G, I feel like we're still in a holding pattern. They talked about it. We'll hear from them around Christmas time again. No, we just like, oh yeah, we're- yeah. We we covered a lot. We, I mean, we covered basically just the, everything that's making news right now. You know what I mean? So yeah. So now it's I- you know time to. I had one more thing I know that's kind of going around. Drink some wet. Here, I'm going to have a drink too. Woo, 200 episodes. Let's do this, bitches. I like missed my face. That was awesome. All right. Oh, great. I'm really really primed and ready for this. (laughs) <laughs> this is this is Inga's um, the Inga rant of the week, right? So the retro jerseys are coming out. Some of them I love, like Calgary. Oh my god, I love you. Some of them I really hate. I do like the shark. Shout out to like the predecessor, kind of you know the seals or whatever. The Pooh Bear debate has been raging again. <laughs> I just have to bring it up. I hate the Pooh Bear jerseys. Well, that's why you're my co-host. Not- not the actual Pooh Bear logo. I love it. Like if you put it up on the shoulders, love that look. Oh yeah, see that's it's a, like yellow with the bit. First of all, I people you might not know this. Mark knows this because he's my, like my brother. I hate yellow. I hate the color yellow. I hate it. People are like, oh, you're Bruins fan. You pump Governor Bradstreet. First of all, I don't pump Bruins. But the point is, yes, I hate yellow. I did not pick the Bruins colors. It would be red, black, and white if I did. Okay, I'm just telling you. It's gold. And it's not, it, it's all too bright for Inga who likes dark colors and black and whatever. But the Pooh Bear is ugly. It's too aggressive. It's just like, again, I prefer. It's not aggressive Pooh. enough. It's. It's very cuddly. Dude, I want to take like, that jersey and I want to cuddle with it in a closet somewhere. It looks like the bear was at the harp and had one too many liquid <laughs> beverages and then saw a Montreal fan. He's like, what? It looked like me at the harp for a, a conference <laughs> that I had in Boston a couple of years ago and got on the wrong train in Boston because I was shit-faced. <laughs> Just that glow in my face like, oh, why am I pulling into where they do maintenance on the freaking trains and not in Newburyport? Hmm. This could be a problem. I've been driving back and forth from North Station to oh, and from Jesus. Gloucester for two hours. I passed out. I, I guess I grabbed a couple slices of pizza at the train station and passed out. <laughs> I had um one time that I we were going, because you know how the Gloucester, Newbert, they go every other one. So I said to my friend, all right, I just, I need to close my eyes for a minute. Not because I was too flat, but just like, you know, your brain hurts after you've been in the arena and it's like oh, yeah. the screaming and like, yep. and I've been drinking beers. I just need two minutes. It's a long train ride. 
I'm like, you need to make sure that we get off because it was a, the latest train and you had to switch in North Beverly. Like, do if you see me not here by Salem, wake me up. Does not wake me up. I wake up. We are in like Montserrat or something oh. going towards Gloucester. I'm like, oh, goody. How are we going to get home from Cape Ann? Like, good, good plan. What happened to wake me up in Salem? What happened to wake me uh, yeah, but uh, that's it. Um, I don't know how you feel about the Pooh Bear. I know Marina, who you saw, I know she's a big pro- Everyone seems to love the Pooh Bear. I like the Pooh Bear I on am the shoulders. Not, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. And every time somebody puts the Pooh Bear jersey or conversation up, I take the 10-second clip on YouTube of Slapshot the movie where the bus driver is taking a sledgehammer and beating the side of the, of the bus. Yeah. And he's like, yo, you, whoa, 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 what are you doing? Making it look mean. That's that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm saying. No, it's not mean enough. And the meth bear? No. No. Have you heard about... Have you seen the meth bear? Oh, yeah. That one's been floating, too. As no. If that's an option to the they, blue bear. People, no. People want the meth bear as as a freaking crest. That's ridiculous. Yeah, no, no. No, my God. No. You want to see that? Go to Lawrence. If I don't... <laughs> 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 oh, good. We just lost any listeners in Lawrence. No, I'm just kidding. They live there. They know, like, um, I know. I don't need the Pooh Bear and I don't need the Meth Bear. Okay. Yeah, I don't just, need any of those bears. If funny. I need a bear, I need the 1920s bear logo. See, I we're love that history. One. We're all about history because we're we old as fuck, but. We don't need. Uh, we don't need bears on the actual bear. Okay, I get the Bruins are bears, but we don't need to be so Especially literal. Especially one all that the doesn't time. look like it's on a cycle, you know, psychedelic. <laughs> <laughs> it's starting to. I think this is the part in the podcast where if Matt was here, it wouldn't start falling apart. No, I'm just <laughs> so I already missed um, that bastard. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, the retro. I had to bring it up. Please, no Pooh Bear, and you can not like my choice, but like the Pooh Bear, I just, I can't. You can. Vote for many things, and I'll be like, you deserve your vote. But if you vote for the Pooh Bear, I'm just having a hard time. I don't think we can be Bruins friends anymore. I just, we deserve better than the Pooh Bear for a third jersey. We deserve better. To call. Again, can we just go back and go, why was this jersey so short-lived? Yeah, there's a reason why. It explains it all. Because it Twitter wasn't all. around. Exactly. <laughs> it's not even It's not even good enough for the blackout game on oh. Friday after Thanksgiving. Wasn't a fan. Even though I bought the jersey, I thought I could like it, but no, I just no, I can't do it. Hey, are we going on to another topic? All right. Well, we wrapped up all the news stuff, quote unquote. If you're not watching us on the YouTube, I need to be conscious about the YouTube. What are we doing? But I love our YouTube listeners you and viewers. Sorry, but I do have to get oh. used to uh, mentioning them and so on. They are a big part of us. We have 220 some followers. Thank you so much, and we hope to get more uh, soon. So, sorry to cut you off, by the I way. I need to, no, I need to be aware that they can see me. Oh, yeah, <laughs> they can see you. You watch the, you watch the, the YouTube time. videos. Every now and then I'll check in, but I can't, I can listen to myself, but I don't want to watch myself. I know I'm a weirdo. Who knows what I'm doing? I'm, like, looking at this. I'm, like, there goes a butterfly. What's that, going hey, we, on? Got, we got two weirdos on the same, on the same uh, video, so... There you go. You're in good company. Two people it? that are like, lur, lur, lur. oh, yeah, that's right. I'm podcasting right now. No, I'm just kidding. All right. So we have one Ask PNG from uh, Ray Guarino. Thank you, at Ray Guarino. He's always sends us in a great question. Thank you, Ray, week. very I much. Ray can always come through because no one else did. No one played the the Ask BNG game. It's all right. I'm not mad at anybody, okay? It's a dry season right now. I get you. But Ray asks us, 
As the trade the trade deadline approaches, if the Bruins are not strong cup contenders, should they trade UFAs, Rask, Krejci, Corrali, and repre- replenish their weak prospect pool? Interesting um, about the prospect pool and being weak. Um, I know that that, that Corey Proman from the Athletic and some other and uh, like Scott Wheeler and so on, they don't put the Boston Bruins prospects at a very high ranking, which is like mid twenties, which is almost like league low. And I get it that this, but there's, I think that the Boston Bruins they actually pick for necessity instead of you know and they should be taken best overall which they know that they've reached especially it's been seen in this uh, 2020 draft but um no i mean there's a there's a there's a process to the whole thing but um if 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 it's an attractive thing that somebody needs a goaltender i mean and if rask is willing to go to that place with his his uh, modified no trade I, I i can't say no if, if that's what the organization thinks that they can get a haul for then I'm all for getting something back before potentially walking via retirement, via free agency, or whatever. For Krejci, uh, Rask, um, I'm not sure about the other one he mentioned, and I'm not sure I'd get rid of him, actually. Corrali. Corrali? Mm-hmm. Corrali could be a very uh, a leverage piece in a deal, but, you know, I mean, that, that's also, he's on his last year. And uh, he's been a pretty good, but they they also don't want to pay players like him third and fourth liners over let's just say two point five three million dollars either. They tend to move on from folks like that. We've seen the trend. Nolachari, Schaller, you know those guys that come in. They say I want to get paid. Well, we don't want to pay you. We can find somebody else to come in from Providence and do those plug and plays and and save some money on the cap. So. Who knows what's going to happen with with corrals? But you know, if if there's a chance for to get somebody, like I really wanted to get something for Krug, I didn't want him to just walk away. A fourth round pick, I'd be freaking happy with. You got something for him. He's an undrafted freaking defenseman. He's been in the on the team for nine years. You know, it just get something for him. Make me happy that he walked away. You know, and so on. But uh, pretty much I'm the same with those guys. If it comes down to you need a valued piece to move forward and get you over a certain threshold that you think that you can beat teams like St. Louis, like Tampa Bay, then you you have to make those moves. You have to as a GM. If you don't, then you have no pulse, which is pretty much what we're seeing now. But there's a lot of avenues that people uh, that I look at and, and read into that it's just probably not him. It's probably coming from ownership. You know, it's we can't. They're probably saying, you know, they're puppets. That's their job. You have a job to like, you know, to take what is what's coming down from you. If somebody is paying your salary and says, don't, you know, do the the don't feed into the fanship and so on and give them what they want, deflect everything. Then you're gonna do that. If you don't do stuff like that, you get fired. So it's insubordination. So. Just want to take a moment to give a big shout out to uh, Mark, Heather, and Matt at the BNG Pod, and congratulations on the 200th episode. Uh, also to all the the previous hosts, uh, these guys bring what is great about fandom: the passion and the caring, and and just the community. They create a very welcoming community. They welcome me as a contributor to the site, uh, and I'm grateful for that, and uh, for them helping me with my writing and helping me be a, a better part of Bruins fandom. So wish you well. Here's to 200 more. That's a hard one for me because currently I'm not sure 
what kind of cup contenders will be because the construction of our team as we sit today on the 24th as we're speaking is not a cup contending team. It's a maybe make the playoffs. I'll see you maybe in the second round kind of team. You've put together a competitive team right, under the like, cap. Isn't that weird? Under the cap. I get that. and you, But you also have to have a certain level of competitive because, you know, I mean – we're not even competitive for us at this juncture. Now, I'm not saying we won't be all right. I'm not saying we can't function on this. But we have always been a team the last 15 years that even without rock, like people who would perceive as rock star, you know, now we get a little more pasta and that might be, you know, but in, there's moments. But generally, we are kind of a ragtag group, right? We've got some people like Bergerons that are considered league superstars, but we've had a lot of people who are just great players that come together and create a great chemistry. That's been our strength. And I think what we're seeing now is maybe on the upper levels in management. Uh, I, I'm not saying this. I don't know this to be true, but maybe Sweeney and Neely aren't necessarily on the exact page. And they're both being looked at by ownership like, yeah, well, this is how we need you to play it. They're not necessarily in sync. I mean, I can see very easily that what, although we value our prospects, if you look at some of them, they really haven't shown to be very valuable prospects outside of our own organization, right? We've also had some that have come up and been surprisingly awesome. Again, we talked about with Brad Marshawn. I never thought that dude would be a top line, 100 point freaking player. I didn't expect him to be. I liked him as he was, you know? I thought he would just be a solid. But look but, at look at where Marshawn started. Providence, what lines? Third and no, fourth. No, that's what I mean. You move your and way fourth, up. Third and fourth, and there was availability at the third and fourth area at the NHL level, and that's how they work these guys in. Like Seneshin, Seneshin's been playing like bottom line minutes, and it's not because he's being punished. I say this religiously, and you know this. It's not because he's being punished. It's because Jay Leach is putting him in situations where he sees is going to fit at the NHL level if he gets the opportunity. That's how the, the people bitch all the time to me. Why is Lauko on the third line? That guy is an elite first line scorer. Well, if he's available and the coaches and Jay Leach says he's really playing well, they're not going to take Bergeron out of the lineup and just throw him right in there. They're going to put him at the lowest line of, and he's going to he's going to have to grind for it. You got the opportunity. Show that you deserved it. I believe your third and fourth line are just as important as your first line. Yeah. Any team that wins anything or with it. Look at the 2011 Boston Bruins. Why look, did we win? Look at the 2019. Maybe a little bit of a miracle. Blue. Maybe a little garden ice from Nate Horton, whatever it was. But having four lines that just the right chemistry and as a chemistry as a whole just clicked. And we rolled and rolled and rolled. And like, it's so funny because we're such the opposite team, right? Like, remember our, like our power play sucked and our PK was awesome. Right. Yep. Now we're the exact opposite. Thomas Caballet, the- baby. Woo. <laughs> Guy had one assist <laughs> on the power play. Yeah. One assist. The Guy, they got him with the power play and he won a cup. How yeah, does that go figure? Worst power play in the league. Worst power play in the playoffs. Win a cup. But as Ray, to Ray's question. By the way, I thank get, you very much, Ray. Ray, I wanted to give a shout out to Ray. I'm sorry, Heather. No, Because uh, I have it up on my Twitter right now. His name is Ray Guarino. You can follow him at Ray Guarino. His his name is, it's at R-A-Y-G-U-A-R-I-N-O. And he's he's a fantastic follow. 
very knowledgeable person, and he's been really active in these Ask BNGs. So I really want to just give him a shout out and just to say that folks should be following him too because he brings. He's like me. I mean, not the same. I mean, he's he's definitely smarter than I am when it comes to this stuff. But he brings a lot of different avenues to the conversation. It's not just a straight and narrow like we need to do this. Everything's fall, you know the melting and following. There's there's several different uh, considerations when he brings up to uh, having a, a, a conversation on Twitter. So one of the good Twitter follows, you know, there are some of them out there. There really are. <laughs> Ray always comes to us. Um, I would say to him though about his trading at the deadline. Um, I'm just in the camp of is if if it will make us a better team, then I'm all for it. Whatever it is, but um, just history has told me that we are not going to necessarily execute something uh like mark said uh tory crew we could have easily got some kind of draft pick just to talk to him like uh things like that um again dan heinen say what you want sorry chris brocky i had to bring him up but like <laughs> we did not become a better team because we got rid of dan heinen we were pretty much the same team only now with nick ritchie like i just and i get the whole logistics and the salary dump and all that but um, so for me, as long as it's a good move, I don't care. We've seen too many times, right? Like people argue, even though we won a cup sending Joe Thornton, a lot of people would argue we got nothing for Joe Thornton, you know, like we just, even Peter Chiarelli, we gave away for, well, we got a second round pick for him too. No, I know. I'm just kidding. I and that ended, that second. ended that whole thing that if a general manager leaves, um, and then signs somewhere else, then that pick comes out. So they, they got taken away. Last one. I'm just shocked he was worth the second round draft pick because it to me for, is like a fifth, sixth round draft pick at most. <laughs> for kidding. all the, for all the, there was some good contracts. He, I mean, the, the Rask one was good, the Krejci one was good. Um, I, I think he did Bergeron and Marshan. I don't think that was a, um, a, uh, a Sweeney I'm not move. Sure about that. I don't know. I'll no, have to I look into it. I think it might have been a Neely. I'm I sure the listeners will let me know if I'm wrong. Um, yeah, everybody will make sure. No one wants to tell you what you're doing right, only what you're doing wrong. Just right. kidding. All right, guy, do you have uh, this week in Bruins history? I know, now we're not focused. We need Matt. Matt, we need you. I Let's do. <laughs> Actually, I have I have two that I want to bring up. Um, per the Boston Bruins uh, official Twitter account, this was actually yesterday. Um, yesterday? Yeah, 22nd. No, it was, just, it was Thursday. So, and we're recording this on Saturday. So technically, it is this week in Bruins history, and I want to get one for uh, next week too. But um, this week in 1966, Bobby Orr played his first regular season game, and Harry Sinden is behind the bench for his first game as a head coach as the NHL Bruins defeated Detroit six to two. So that was pretty cool. A little throwback Thursday history on the uh, on the Boston Bruins official Twitter account. And the second one, uh, just bear with me, is from my friend Mike Comito. And he tweeted out this morning that on this day in 2002, the NHL Bruins retired Terry O'Reilly's number 24 jersey in a pregame ceremony. And I actually know exactly where I was when that happened. I was the... Oh, my God. 2002. All right. Anyway, 
the the Johnny D's Deli closed down, and that was a place where I oh, used to go drinking when I turned twenty one. And my 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 mother knows used to know the Landers, and they, they were the family that owned the uh, the deli and the bar. It was such a it was an awesome place to hang out because it was so rough. There were bar fights all the time. It was just it was just my place to hang out. I, I I'm sorry, I kind of liked it, but um, we got moved. Uh, they sold they sold the building and we got moved down the bar. So we went down one door. We went down to the carriage wheel and this is where exactly I watched this moment. Was at the carriage wheel having a drink. Um, yeah, I'm admitting this. <laughs> um, and I was watching Terry O'Reilly's number go to the rafters. And honestly, I had a buzz probably from the shitty uh, draft beer that they had at the time. But uh, I was still had a tear in my eye for Terry O because that guy put his heart and soul into the uh, into the black and gold throughout his career, and uh, was was pretty much one of the the stepping stones for uh, Don Cherry's Lunch Pail Gang, and um, you know shout out to Terry O because he's one of my favorite Bruins, and just a cool guy. I've met him a few times at Salisbury Beach or whatever because he can't you know he lives in this area. He may he may be eating breakfast one morning, look over and be like, hey, it's Terry O'Reilly, and then no one bothers him because he's Terry O'Reilly just at lunch, like every you know breakfast everyone else is at the local dive. What, what's the, I cannot um, believe you just the stagecoach. No, no, that's the restaurant. No, what well. was the um, what's the one that's on the beach road that um, that um, he used to go to all the time? It's on the right hand side. It's the big restaurant. Yeah, on one ten. It's not the, the stagecoach. I don't know what you're talking no. about. Then oh, it's on the beach road. road. Oh my god, I can't believe this. I don't know. It's a bunch of condos on Beach Road now. No, um, it's a restaurant. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I know you've been there. Oh, the Hunger Traveler. Yes, that's it. That's he used <laughs> to hang out there all the time, or still does. Yeah, I was like, I couldn't think of it. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, the Hunger Traveler. I know I we went to dinner there one night. I cannot believe that you just brought up Johnny D's. I am like, whoa. <laughs> How, this episode has gone totally off the rails. Uh, for the record, uh, I would definitely rather be at Johnny D's than the Swill. I'm just springing it up. Yeah, I know. Me too. Um, and, uh, Me yeah, too. and then the carrot and like, oh, my God. Fight. I actually, outside of the carriage wheel, had a drunk guy fall on me, smash my face open, and up with six stitches. Oh, shit. Yeah. Stupid that wasn't drugs. that long, though. That was only 10 years ago. Okay. All right. We're going off the rails. We're going to stay focused. We're going to wrap this up. Now we're going into the we love everybody phase. Mark's had a few wits. We've talked about hockey for an hour and 45 minutes. I'm a few beers deep. And um, neither of us are as responsible as Matt. So here we go. We just want to give out love. I would like to say, first of all, Mark. I'm so proud of you. And I know you want to make it about the show and not about you, but too fucking bad. I'm in charge right now. So, <laughs> right? You gave me the power. Too bad for you. I'm so, so, so proud of you. Just knowing your love and your passion for this and taking, this is a lot better than the time you told me you, you were going to get yourself in shape so we go to the open tryout in Minnesota for you to play. Not saying I thought that was a bad idea. It was Peoria, Illinois. Yeah, whatever. You could have had the open professional trial back in the day. I'm not saying that wouldn't have worked out. I'm just saying you were a giant bitch when I tried to help you execute that plan, okay? But this stream, 
your dream to like just talk about hockey and love your team has grown into a your growing empire. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't do the uh, Star Wars I, reference. In all seriousness, I don't want to be like stupid and girly, but I'm so fucking proud of you. So thank you, you very know. much. I appreciate that. Hug, my friend. That's right. Mark R is my friend. I've known him when he was just the grumpy Bruins guy long before y'all knew him. So. I still am. Nah, but I'm, I'm You better. actually are. I'm Depends on your stage of Pink Whitney's. Uh, but <laughs> that being said, um, I have enjoyed listening to you way before I, obviously, I've been listening to you way before you had a podcast. But long before I was on the podcast with you, it's been a pleasure watching your journey, um, all the co-hosts, anybody, all the guests, all the people, all the beers and Bruins. One of my favorite episodes, I forgot to ask you if you had a favorite. One of my favorite episodes is when you and Dale and Austin are, uh, were all drunk. And uh, oh, who was also there? Adam. 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 Yes. It was Adam. Adam it was Adam, Ernie, Dale, and me. That was a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of edits. Got drunk yeah. that night, boy. You guys were shit faced. Oh but yeah. I'm friends with you guys, so well, I Austin knew. brought the stupid whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the bourbon. Well, it was the by bourbon. The way, I saw. Uh, Austin, last night I saw him, and he gives his, oh, my God, 200 episodes. Are you serious? Nice. I mentioned it to him. So. Um, That's awesome. That being said, all the listeners that have supported Mark and the blackandgoldhockey.com and all the great writers and the podcast all these years, we really, really appreciate it. I do. I know Mark does. I'm sure everyone does. But please... We can only get bigger from here. So go and rate and review Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. We, like Mark said, he's going to probably give a little bit more love out. We have nine programs now, maybe going to be 10. And so not all of them are in out. They were transitioning. Everybody's going to be able to have them everywhere, just like this podcast right here, the mothership, as I'm going to call it from now on. But great listens. And I actually was laughing. I'm like, we must inundate people between Monday and Tuesday, like five of the podcasts. Come on. Like, <laughs> And not only that, but it's a, it's an article a day that we post too. So we, we strive on posting every day, and we've started that when we um, when we upgraded the the website and we changed from one WordPress to another. Uh, with that is bigger expectations and it's bigger numbers and bigger CEO uh, attention. So um, you know articles that used to take us five hundred words uh, five hundred uh, users to look at, we're now getting thirty eight to four thousand. So. It's um, it's it's we're taking a huge step forward in this whole thing, and and I like the path that we're going. So I'm gonna so keep part it going. of that though is rating and reviewing, not just us, but all the other podcasts Absolutely. on the network, whatever. Spreading word, sharing Twitter universe, Facebook universe, social media people. I don't care if you do use email; that's fine. Um, Make sure you're following everybody on Twitter, not just, again, uh, the Black and Gold Pod or Black and Gold 277 Mark or Anger the Big Mouth or um, I always say Oobs Cards. but It uh, is. It's Oobs Cards. Yeah. So, uh, I know. It's just like the way I say it, though. My head is like Oobs, like Beavis and Black. I want to say know. Boobs every time I, see, I, I look at them, but there's, it, it, it's just the O-O-B-S. You know, Matt, but not just him, just all the great writers, all the podcasters, um, Great things happening. Very passionate Bruins fans. Please do it. Also, I'm gonna. I don't want to be angry. I mean, I'm sorry, platypus three thousand three hundred thirty three. I'm working on being angry and less angry <laughs> at the same time. I had a hard time with that. I'm either not angry or super angry. It's just kind of my personality. Uh, but uh, yeah, please go follow us, rate us, review us. I mean, don't follow me. I have nothing to say. Usually, it's just Mark stuff. But anyways, get involved. Support all, everything at Black and Gold. Block. This 200th episode is the beginning of Black and Gold Hockey Productions taking over the world. Just kidding. Or at least the Bruins fandom. So 
That being said, okay, boss, what do you got anything to say over there? I do. I do want to give a shout out to all the um, audio clips that were sent uh, to celebrate this 200th episode uh, today. And um, these guys reached out for the past two weeks and they sent in clips. Um, there were nine or ten of them. I want to thank each one of them individually as you heard them throughout this program. So um, blackandgoldhockey.com writer Michael DiGregorio. Uh, thank you very much for your shout-out. Appreciate it and appreciate your grind here. Mike Craddy, senior writer at the uh, blackandgoldhockey.com website. Uh, again, solid effort. The guy's been with me for almost three years, and he's just another great, great asset that we have. Um, Maria from Watertown, she's new to the uh, the writing team, and she's also new to the podcast network. Please follow her um, on social media. Follow her, Maria uh, Bruins Talk with Maria from Watertown Podcast. Uh, on on Transistor and Spotify, but also coming on Apple iTunes soon. Uh, I'm sorry, Apple Podcast soon. Um, Black and uh, I'm sorry, Big Bad Bruins Podcast host Chris Blackie gave us a shout out. Thanks to uh, for doing that, Chris. Uh, Joe Cinquaganella, I uh, said his name really bad, uh, but he's a writer at BlackandGoldHockey.com. He sent us a shout out, as you heard. Um. Christian Mancuso, he is Topsoft Hockey's uh, founder and CEO, and he is host of the Get the Puck Out podcast and the um, the Weekend Wrap on the BlackAndGoldHockey.com uh, podcast network. Um, Nick Busa, Nick Busa, my boy, from the Dump and Change podcast. Thank you so much, guys, for what you guys do at the network. Fantastic show. You guys rock. Love the Bruin. Love it. And, um, and, um, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm just keep going. Leon Lifeshuts, uh, congrats, he said 202, and he is the Bruins Breakdown podcast host along with Ryan Sweeney. He also writes for the blackandgoldhockey.com. He's a great analytics writer. Check him out. Uh, and I think that's it. Um, nope, there's one more, I'm sorry. You got a big shout out from... Uh, from uh, CLNS Media's uh, Bruins Beat podcast and the host of the Poke the Bear podcast with um, Connor Ryan. Connor Ryan. <laughs> Sorry, Connor Ryan. Uh, great freaking program over there, too. He gave us a shout out. So uh, many thanks for that. So, uh, and that's it. So, thank you very much for everybody that uh, sent in an audio clip. I do want to mention our Patreon members. Um, and I, I, first of all, huge shout out to, let me find him. This guy is amazing. Everybody's amazing, but this guy just went above and beyond amazing and, uh, donated a $5 Patreon. His name is Brent, Brett, Brett, and I'm sorry. So I'm not going to say his last name, but thank you so much for that. That did not go unnoticed. We really appreciate that quinturity. I mean, what, you know, I fucked that word up too, but, um, that's awesome. Thank you so much. We also do have our campaign going on. Listen, we talked about the NHL coming back soon, but it's not yet in stone. So we're getting closer to finally launching our day. We might even do it on the 1st of 2021. We might even do it in December. I'm not quite sure what's going on yet, but we do have a ton of stuff. We have signed pucks, pictures, we have hats, t-shirts, B&G merch like this. 
We have a ton of stuff to give away. I have over 50 items, and I'm still buying stuff. So I'm giving one thing away for the rest of the week for possibly the rest of my life, or any other life, or anybody else's life. We'll try like hell. But recently, I bought a Boston Bruins 2021 box calendar, and uh, I bought three of them. Bought one for the office and two to give away. And um, these, these things are awesome because now I don't have to do all the searches. I just take a box calendar off, and all of a sudden I'm just like, oh, what happened to Bruins history this week? I'm saving this bitch for the podcast. So that's all I got to do now. So now you guys can have an opportunity to get your own little box calendar and, and relive something that happened in Bruins history once a day. And it's only a dollar. One dollar per episode. And that's a max of eight episodes per week. We might do four of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, and we might do four with the, uh, the Bruins Pro- Prospect Podcast with Tim Richardson. We'll cap it off at eight. So we're not going to you know, break anybody's bank in these hard times. We, I understand it's hard times. COVID sucks. People, blah, blah, blah. I get it. But anybody that's still doing it, especially Brent with the $5, it's huge. It really helps us out. And it brings everybody together, and we have availability to bring you all to all these platforms so please go to patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast and just donate it all that's it um i'm gonna say thanks to, uh, to the listeners everybody that's been around for since day one that's listened since episode one and i know there's at least one of them out there uh they, they responded but wanted to uh stay anonymous so um, I appreciate that. And uh, to anybody that came along uh, shortly after to recently, this has just been a, a tremendous thing to do. It's a lot of fun and, and getting the feedback and support, the shares on Facebook and other and Twitter and retweets and, and other social media platforms uh, where, where I see our stuff being shared. It's just unbelievable. So it's a, it's, it's a good ride to be on. If you guys want to write, you guys want to do anything, video, audio podcasting please reach out black and gold hockey dot black and gold hockey blog at gmail.com and uh just send me a cover letter let me know if you what you what you got let me know if you if you got what it takes and we'll we'll consider and uh take you on so i i think that's it for me i just i, I think you know i just want to thank everybody any think, more reflection yeah, I just want you know. I want to thank my Courtney, my, my lo- the love of my life. She's a, an amazing person, and and she's always very supportive through everything that I do uh, with this Black and Gold Productions company. And she sees the work that goes into it and the grind and so on. And and I'm just happy that she's on board with everything and and um, you know very supportive. So it, it means a lot to me to have a, a significant other in your life like that that allows you to 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 chase a dream and. And hopefully capture that day because uh, I know every moment that I have a I have a moment, it's being reflected in her too. So, well, damn kid, I hadn't I didn't want to get all teary. <laughs> I was trying not to and keep it festive, but now see, folks, I do whoa. have a heart. I do care. <laughs> no, I do know you care. You just I'm not don't talking about you. I'm talking about everybody else and what I'm, and digital I'm saying media. is that you don't normally express your emotions so eloquently. I'm like, I'm like, I, obviously I'm going to tears because Courtney is that awesome. But just, I'm so proud of the fact that you just said that about your wife and such a just, I know you have the feelings, but the words don't always come. So that being said, woo, she brought the maracas. Episode, 
She brought the maracas to the podcast. I love it. All right. I wanted balloons and all that, but see, Mark and I have lofty dreams. He's a good executor. I'm usually much better, but the last few weeks, maybe not so much. So all I got is mini maracas and a giant thing of barbecue sauce. Oh, that's mine. Don't, don't you do that. But I it, won't. I can't get access to it all the time. You can't, man. I know, right? I'll drop it off on the porch. <laughs> but, but anyway, before we leave, I just want to uh, shout out to the sponsor, betonline.ag. Uh, they've been with us for, I, I want to say, close to 100 episodes, maybe 80. I'm not sure where we're at right now, but it doesn't matter how long. These guys have been very supportive. They love what we do, and they keep giving us IOs or so or IPs, whatever you want to call them. So, um, no, it's very cool that, that we're on board with them, and I tweet about them all the time, and it's a great relationship that we have with them, and we hope it continues. But huge shout-out to betonline.ag. Please. Go to the website, sign up for a free account. After your first deposit, drop $25 in there. You get a bonus. But put code CLNS50. It does us a great, great service by moving them forward, but also being recognized, what we're saying, too. So, again, shout out to everybody. I just want to end this on a positive note and just say thank you all for the, the support and the continued support. Um, and buying everything on Fanatics on the uh, blackandgoldhockey.com website. And just keep shopping there. You guys are really doing a great job, and we appreciate it. So with that being said, my name is Mark Allred. That is Heather Ingerson. We love you all. Here's to another 400, folks. Peace out. Thanks again for listening to and supporting the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.